It's your boy, Marshall, live, and I am live. You guys, welcome back to Monday. No, no well, welcome back to Monday. It's June 5th. <laughs> welcome back to the Marshall Dillon Show. You guys, I am here with Kyle D. The what what is going on, bro? In Ohio, you guys, the gratitude over everything. The MC, the co-host with the most. Let's Kyle, go, bro. <laughs> bro, what's up? How are you? I, you know what, bro? Like, um, my heart is heavy this morning, dude. My heart, my heart is heavy. And I know that a lot of people that are going to be watching the show, listening to it, I know a lot of the Gillen gang, it's like, um, you know, they're feeling me. They're feeling the same way. I mean, our hearts are heavy, dude. It's, um, I don't know which direction to go. I mean, do you feel like that at all? Do you, I mean, like one part of me wants to be outraged. One part of me is scared. One part of me is just utterly heartbroken. Uh, one part of me is like, this is just stupid. Like, wh where where do you feel with what's going on right now? I mean, the world's burning to the ground this morning, dude. Like, what is going on, and how are you feeling? I'm uh, I'm literally right there with you. I feel like I'm getting pulled from four different directions because 
it's like how we talked about it briefly. It's like I want to come at everything with um, compassion and love and and positivity. Um, but you you look on social media, you look everywhere. It's like oh. nobody wants nobody. They're all over peaceful protests. Like that's what you see. It's like we try to be peaceful for years and all that. And I get it. So I see that side of it. And then I see the side of like possibly the controlled narrative side and possibly there's some like some stuff going behind the scenes that we don't know about. And um, yeah. so, yeah, I'm just all over the place, bro. And then on top of that, trying to um, be aware everywhere I'm I'm at and, and make sure that there's nothing going on around me because I'm reading some stuff about um, groups maybe coming into suburbs. And, you know, um, I'm sure you've seen Cincinnati is a pretty um, one of the bigger cities right now with the protesting and all that. So it's like, um, yeah, I'm all over the place over here. Hey, dude, I mean, like I have, I've got um, friends from, I've got friends from all over the country right now. Uh, I'm sorry. I've got lots of friends in my network and uh, a lot of them live in Minnesota and we're talking people that are like, now listen, they're white, they're white people. They're affluent couples um, living in, living in the suburbs in Minneapolis. I mean, watching them text or uh, post throughout the weekend was like, Oh man, I'm scared for my family. Um, the rioters are moving into the, the, uh, suburbs now. Oh my God. I can see the houses down the road on fire. Like they're moving our way. I don't know what to do. Our government's nowhere. The cops aren't answering. Like to read that, to see that was like very surreal, uh, and very scary. And so, uh, first and foremost, Gillen gang, if you guys are coming back and watch this, uh, do me a favor, give this a share. Uh, we got to get this message out here today on the Gillen, uh, on the Marshall Gillen show with Kyle Dillinger. We're going to be going over a few things. You guys, I want to talk about Something that's being shown right now is an NBA player um, who was out in the melee uh, beating the shit out of somebody, okay? Um, you know, I, we're going to show a video uh, of that here. I want to know what you guys think. Gillen Gang, if you're watching this live or on replay, I want, you, I want you guys to tune in. This is not my show. It's our show. It's a show collectively. Yeah, Kyle and I sit here and we facilitate this every morning, but we don't know everything. Like we're just regular ass guys. Not even close. I'll figure out how to use the internet. Like I, 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 I figured out how to go live. You know what I'm saying? And I haven't stopped, bro. And they haven't stopped me yet. So like, hey, listen, yeah, we know how to go live and it's cool to use this simple software and put together a show. But this show is not about telling you what's right or wrong. You guys, this show is always about just making space for all of us to come together and realize that like we're so much more alike than not. And like, that's part of where my rage is coming from because I have a lot of people who are, you know, friends that are out there going, well, if you're saying that you're not racist, if you're saying that, that this, that you're bigger than this, if you're, then, then you're the problem. You're a white supremacist. You're a racist that like, you know, and that, that's, yep, I've seen that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, why, why? Like, why would I feed fuel to the fire? Why? Like, that's how right. I see, I see that stuff. And, and I come at it from like, okay, since, since I understand where they're coming from, I'll just. At, at the time, like this weekend and, and since stuff's been going on, I'm like, for now, I just am keeping my mouth shut, so to speak, about it um, and just figuring out, like, what's the best way to approach it at this point? Yeah, 100%. And, and who knows? Who knows? But and who, yeah, yeah, there's no right or, there's no right answer to that. No. And that's why we're here. That's why the Marshall Gillen 100%. Show exists, you guys. So listen, check it out, you guys. The Marshall Gillen Show is streaming live on YouTube and Facebook every single day. No matter which channel you guys are watching it from, do me a favor, subscribe to the channel and ring the bell, or go ahead and like this page and turn on notifications because we're gonna be going live 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central every single day, Monday through Friday, because we wanna take an opportunity to help change the narrative. We're on a mission to save a billion lives and save a billion lives with the power of vulnerability and storytelling. We're never here to say that we're right. We're here to go, what the fuck is going on? And we're here to get to the bottom of it. 
I don't know about you, bro, but like I think they got the two good two two good guys on the job, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, I can't think of two uh, better people for the job. Hundred percent. Now, you guys, uh, if I, it doesn't say in the uh, description ab above yet or below yet, uh, I just want to say that the uh, trigger warning for anybody who might be sensitive to some things. We're going to show some things on the show today because I want to start a conversation. Uh, it's hard for white people to talk about racism. It's hard for you know uh, men to talk about sexual abuse. It's hard for women to talk about domestic abuse. Like. Like it's hard for uh, white guys to deal with, and this is a total generalization, but I'm trying to make a point. It's hard for yeah. white guys to like uh, deal with being a failure when they had everything given to them and they kill themselves, you know, in their, in their forties and fifties. Like we could find a demographic demographic or narrative to feel bad for anybody to, to say, wow, like they didn't have a chance. And conversely, we can take those same exact people and find a narrative that makes them terrible. And so I want to share with you guys something that might trigger you guys, but the importance of this and why we do this, you guys, is because I wanted you to understand the power of the media. Now, Kyle, dude, we brought this up before. Uh, you might have even been on a couple episodes back in the day when I was actually um, real big into this and I was sharing this, but I, I, I think it's important for people to see. And we talk about all the time that the majority of the media, like 90% of the media is owned by one of six companies. And if you guys are watching on, uh, on the show live or on replay here on YouTube or Facebook, you guys can see the graphic. For those of you who are listening on podcasts, you guys know that we are literally on a replay on every single podcast platform. So whatever you have, whatever app is downloaded on your phone, that's cool. Type in The Marshall Gillen Show. Subscribe to the show. If you like this shit, give us a five-star review. Give us a review. Hey, if you don't like it, give us a review. Yes, I'm not scared. Uh, but I, I, for those of you who are listening, uh, what I'm showing on the screen right now, it's a, it's a, it's a 16 by 9. Uh, picture and on it in the middle there's a, a rectangle and, and that rectangle three by three there's three uh, six companies disney viacom sony comcast time warner and these these businesses are then set uh, segmented into six sections within the page and within those six sections you guys can see all the major news and media outlets they all belong to one of six companies now why is this a problem well because if you are first off you guys know anything about media uh, if you guys know anything about marketing and advertising, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. It's one of the biggest industries, if not the biggest industry that there is, because attention is everything. And when they can get people's attention, they can feed them a narrative. They can feed them an emotion, something that they think that they should do. And so that's what we got going on. Uh, you guys can see the same thing here. Is another graphic uh, showing a lot of the online stuff. So you got Yahoo, Google, Microsoft, AOL, four companies that basically own every single thing you see online. Four companies, you guys. So what? So what's going on is that there's ten people, ten companies. Yeah, they all have ten have boards. But come on, let's be real. Essentially, there's ten people that are controlling a hundred percent of the narrative that you feed here. Now, for example, it's interesting because if you're watching this on replay, which you probably are, because we have one live viewer, or if you're listening to this on podcast, which you probably are, because we have one live viewer. It's interesting, bro. This is an excellent point. Okay, this is an excellent point. We talked last week about censorship. Okay. I'm, we don't get a uh, hundred live viewers yet, but we get more than four viewers, live viewers. And it's interesting because it's like, as this thing starts to tighten up, we talked about Donald Trump last week, passing um, a ban on censorship and social media. Now mm -hmm. the media, the media has framed it as, oh, he's doing something he's not supposed to do. And he's pulling the liberal rights of free business. Of right. Business. Just because I, I saw one saying just because he had a tweet censored that, yep. you know, oh, oh I'll show you. Like a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, those, those businesses that he's taking his rights away from is fucking Facebook. It's Twitter. It's YouTube. The same ones that you complain about. Oh, Cambridge Analytics, Mark Zuckerberg's a, he's the worst. He's the worst. Trump is in on this. Trump did it. Now, now it's Facebook censorship. We're getting throttled right now as it is. Big fan of Facebook. 
We love big it. fans of Facebook. Marshall big friends of the show. Big, big friend of the show. Facebook. We love Facebook. We love YouTube. We're just spitting it straight to you. Okay. And so it was like six months ago, Kyle. People were outraged, or a year ago, people were outraged. Facebook's the devil, right? Now the the media, the far left media, what they do is what we can see here is controlled by ten people. Hmm. Controlled by ten people. That far left media now can steer a narrative that they want. And so now all of a sudden, uh, Trump uh, finally gets his first Twitter, um, finally bans him or finally takes down one of his tweets. He censors the president. We talked about it last week. We're like, yo, you fucked up, Twitter. Like, we were staying <laughs> out of it until you fucked with him. But it's so interesting, right? Because again, we always talk about perception and context. Like, Kyle, if somebody walked up to your son and pushed him down, mm. what would you do? I mean, I'm not a very big guy and I don't have any training, but you best believe I'm. I'm not going to just sit there and watch that happen. Like I'm going to, I'm going to stick up for like, uh, what, how does Drake say? Like I will break necks, uh, break heads and snap necks for my little man. Like, and so it's just interesting because people want to act like they're so much different, but when the tide actually turns, if it happened to you, what would the real, what would the real thing be? And people, right. Like it would be, it would be really hard. I, I preach positivity and I preach yeah. like coming at things with compassion. But if something like that happens, like those are the events that would make me like, jump into ego real quick and like you know what i mean it is what it is like i would i would reflect back on it and be like oh i probably could have done something better but at the time it's like i'm outraged like you just touched my like pride and joy like i'm gonna do something about it right and so me so meanwhile people's censored they're getting their tweets are getting deleted and nobody's up in arms but then the president who actually has power to do something about it does something about it and all of a sudden he's this terrible guy Are you fucking kidding me i've had all i've had videos deleted in the last couple of weeks off of youtube mm -hmm. like just gone poof gone and it, it's like and we've seen even bigger platforms people with millions of viewers having accounts deleted just gone like right that. Yeah, you'll oh, see oh. videos sorry you'll see oh, videos th th they'll repost them and be like oh watch this before it gets taken down again and, and right. stuff like that so like we, we know like we know what's going on right yep. except that now the president does it and all of a sudden it's been framed by the media for three years that you're supposed to hate trump and they go oh my god trump is evil oh big baby gets his tweet taken down like no fuck you because you would you would do the same fucking thing if your post that you felt passionate. About, I see it think, every day. People dude, bitching about their post getting taken every single day. You I'm see sad. it. And so I'm just again. I'm not. Listen. I I I am pro Trump. I wasn't always. And in 2016, I hated Trump. As a matter of fact, I've hated Trump mm. all the way up until about February of this year. I mean, hated. I'm a very smart guy. I, I used to I used to travel around uh, when Barack Obama was running for president uh, when he was senator. I used to travel around and go to his uh, rallies, like his things. Oh wow! I was massive. I was massive in politics, bro. Uh, celebrated like a like a he like a freaking you know. It was 1999 when he got elected. Um, after that, was really big in supporting Bernie Sanders and everything. Just poured everything you do. If you go back to my content from years ago, like it's just political stuff. And so. Um, I've always been big into politics, but in 2016, when Donald Trump won the election, I voted for Clinton. Oh my God, I'm so glad Hillary didn't get in. You guys have no mm -hmm. idea. We're going to talk about the permanent government. We're going to talk about deep state and what the fuck is really going on. Yeah, I didn't know about all that when that election was going on. Yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about all that. Well, I didn't know about all that either. I didn't know about. I didn't. I didn't realize that Hillary's, you know, thirty thousand deleted emails was full of pedophilia and yeah, uh, all that nasty bullshit. I didn't know that. Right. Um, because mm -hmm. because uh, I didn't know about the media in general, I didn't realize that the media was controlled, that mainstream media was controlled by few people, Same. and I didn't understand that the deep state actually would like controlled those like ten people, or they're part of the whole same thing. I didn't real, I didn't know all of that. And so in 2016, when Trump was elected, I was like, this is just proof 
that my vote literally doesn't matter. Literally doesn't matter. So as a citizen, I was just so frustrated and done that I got on Facebook and Instagram and stuff uh, the day, the next day. And like, um, it was so hateful. Like, dude, there was so like literally right now I woke up this morning. I was telling my mom, I was like, dude, there's so much hate online. It's just, it's so much hate. And this is exactly how it was in 2016 after Trump got elected. Now for three years, the mainstream media has been trying to get him impeached while the, while the fake pandemic, the scamdemic, that's all of a sudden just disappeared. That's all of a sudden not important at all anymore that we're not even fucking talking about anymore. Um, you know, meanwhile, they're trying to, they're trying to launch that in the midst of pushing that Donald Trump's being impeached for something he didn't even do, which actually turns out that Obama led a fucking, uh, uh, a hoax, uh, uh, I saw that ring to like the, the, to like take down Trump. Like he was in on it, but good old Brett president Obama. Oh my God. The, so good of a guy. No, do you guys know that that there was like 20,000 people dying for like every seven minutes or something of his fucking, of his whole mm. camp, of whole presidency, something outrageous like that. The amount of people that were murdered by all these like bombs and things that they did, but weren't framed by media this way. I'm not trying to paint anybody a picture. You guys know that I'm never here to call anybody out. I'm simply stating the facts. It's never any bullshit. And I don't share with you guys anything that I haven't found direct proof on and then be able to back that up and then back that up. I just don't, I don't do it because mm. I, I like you. I need to fucking know. I need to know. And so I share this because this is what I've found out. You're welcome to go do your own research. And so it's interesting because, you know, again, mainstream media, uh, while Trump is trying to deal with fucking some, some pandemic that's breaking out in China and figure out what he's doing, he's trying to move through like another impeachment thing. I didn't know this was going on. I didn't know that the media controlled us like this. So to give you guys an example of what I mean, I want to show you guys a video. Now, I told you guys there was an NBA player that, that they caught, literally you guys, they caught this guy on camera. Be, some somebody, some view. You, you, bro. You'll even hear his team. Some, some dude in his team's like trying to block the, the video. He's like, bro, please respect his privacy because he already knows. But in the moment, even when this professional basketball player named J.R. Smith, even when he knows how much he has to lose, in the moment when some, you know, what I mean, yeah, fly off the handle. How we so, just talked about when, right. when my son getting touched, the same so thing. Let's show this. Let's show this for context because I want to show you guys how powerful the media really is. I want to. I want to show you guys what it, what it means. We talk about this all the time. Um, when it, I called uh, when I talk about top paid speaker, which you guys know, just it's a, it's a program where I've where I teach people how to use language communication to create influence and persuasion. And so it's uh, it's interesting for me to think about these things because um, when you learn how to use influence and persuasion, which obviously, bro, I mean, like the media knows how to use influence and persuasion, like we know that. And so I want to just give you guys a little taste, like when you know how to do this. It makes it very, very dangerous. And so let's go to this. Let's go to this clip here, bro. And uh, Gillen Gang, I want to know what you think. I want you to see what's going on right now. I want you to understand. This might trigger some people, but um, just know there's some graphic stuff coming up. If you're, um, if you're not, uh, if you can't stomach that, um, please turn your eyes. It's uh, about 90 seconds. Um, I'm going to show you guys what's going on right now. And I want you guys what you guys think, because this is what the problem they're saying is. Okay, so if you guys are listening to this, um, what you, we just witnessed is we saw um, a pretty tall, pretty athletic, strong, young-looking uh, African-American guy um, throwing some tiny white dude up against the car and then kicking him a few times, which I, it looks like he could have kicked him like 
significantly harder. Not, I'm just saying, it looks like he was probably at about 25%. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, like, almost like I don't want to be doing this. Kind of like when your parents spanked you or something. Now, uh, and then you see him get down and, and, I mean, really catch a guy in the head with a couple of them. He stumbles. People are yelling, JR, no. And uh, the guy takes off running. It's in broad daylight. Now, listen, we're talking about racism right now. And, and there's a prime example, you know, of an African-American male literally chasing down a helpless white man who's mm. a third his size and he's beating him up, man. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, right. people are outraged. Okay. Now, I say it like that, Gillen Gang, because that's, that's the context. That's the context I'm sharing with you. Now, if I say nothing else about that, you now have an opportunity to, 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 to decipher what that means to you, to interpret what that means to you. Now, based on your stories and your head and your past experiences, when you see that in that moment, that's going to be filtered through everything you've ever experienced and been through. And then it's going to create a feeling inside of you. And that feeling will create an emotion. And that emotion then will get you to act or not act. Now, if, if you've been hurt in the past, if you've ever felt like you've been unfa unfairly taken advantage of, if you ever felt like somebody's bullied you, if you've ever felt unworthy, if you've ever felt hurt in any of those ways, you've got to understand that anger is a proactive emotion to those who have been hurt in the past. I'm going to mm -hmm. say that again. Anger is a proactive emotion to those who have been hurt in the past. And so when people act out in rage and anger, it's because they filter whatever they're experiencing in their reality through a story that then creates a feeling, turns into an emotion that creates an action. And now that action is rage. If somebody makes you mad, it's because it's not because of them. It's because it's a proactive emotion to keep yourself from being hurt because in the past you've been hurt. That's all it is. And so mm. we talk about Kyle, like, yeah, he's not really about violence, but if somebody wouldn't push down his son at the playground, it was a grown ass man. Kyle Black would even be, it would be one right then and there. <laughs> bigger. Like it's just, it's going to be one, right? Right. And it just is because in Kyle's experience, he's not going to stand for somebody being picked on. Certainly not his own because somewhere in his, in his life, he's had experience with that. Now, again, I don't know if there'd ever be a day where somebody pushed down like mine and I wouldn't react to it. But let's just say that there comes a point like that when you can realize that guy maybe has something going on you pick up your kid. And instead of choosing rage, you choose to embrace your child and, and make them feel safe and to not let your child download the blueprint of seeing their dad beat the shit out of somebody or seeing their dad get the shit beat out of them, which then, oh, I'm scared. And now when I grow up and I'm in that situation because I don't want to be hurt or anger, I'm going to act out in rage. Okay, cool. Now, that's just how this whole thing works. So I am trying to play the, the aspect of what mainstream media is doing right now. What mainstream media does is they show you clips like that and they tell you, man, black people are out there beating up home. home Helpless white people. Let me show you a graphic, Kyle, real quick. And the Gillen gang. Let me show you a graphic right here. Because I, I posted this on my timeline the other day uh, on Instagram and Facebook. If you guys aren't watching it. Um, what it says uh, for the viewers, uh, listeners who are on podcast, it has a uh, chess board that's very ominous with a dark black background. It's very enlarged. The, the chess pieces look big like people. And there's a devil hand on the left side. And it looks like a blue angel hand on the other side reaching in. And what it says is uh, we're, we're all being played. And it talks about how the establishment is fighting for control of the world and they're, they're using us as pawns. And at the bottom of this graphic says, this is what their, their tactic is, is divide and conquer. And the way that the establishment, that the deep state, the permanent government, the Illuminati, uh, the cabal, uh, whatever it is you want to call them, the way that they divide and conquer is through certain mechanisms. And those mechanisms are things like skin color, nationality. Uh, sexual identity, uh, things like who you who you vote for, what class you're in, social uh, economics, uh, political like things. I mean, you guys, 
this is this this is how they play us. Now, I want to show you one more graphic before I show you what this video actually is about. Hmm. Because J.R. Smith isn't just some big old black dude who chased down some helpless white guy and beat him up. Okay. For all intents and purposes, JR's kid was pushed down. Okay. Mm. I'll show you guys that in a second. But before I do, if you consider that maybe, if you consider that, dude, it's fucking wild to me that we have one live viewer right now. <laughs> and it's probably me, it's probably my phone. Like, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And this, this, uh, is a, and this is a limitation of mine, which you know, is that if nobody's watching, yeah. that's the point, which is, which, same, I know, same I know not, which I know is not true. Um, but it's crazy, bro. Like we're literally, it's what, what we're talking about right now is fucking, we're being censored. Like we're, this account is being throttled right now. Oh I mean, yeah. Because I was about to say, because why the we fuck? haven't had, we haven't only had one, one viewer, viewer uh, on the other episode. Yeah. On any, on any episode, not even the first one. Wow. And on hmm. top of that, I, I told more people about this than any other episode that we've launched so far. Cause I was like talking, wow. about it, I was plugging it. I was putting the link all over the place. Um, it's crazy. Well, I, Let's use this to our advantage. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, let, this is this is showing people what's happening, like literally as we speak. Hundred percent. Okay, so we're gonna keep going because I know. I mean, we get literally still get like a thousand, fifteen hundred, well, almost up two thousand. Yeah. Years. Um. But um. So let's show this thing. Right. And what this what this one says, says you guys, is uh, it's a it's a picture, a big picture of four gentlemen standing in front of a tobacco shop, armed with semi-automatic weapons. Two guys on the uh, left-hand side are big old uh, white redneck-looking guys. The two guys standing right next to them, equal distance apart, who are look like they look like friends. They look like uh, they're together. Are two black guys. All of them again. They have um, AR-15s. Uh, well, I don't know if that's true. I that's what I heard that on the, on the news. Um, I don't I don't even know what the AR-15 is. I know kind of what it looks like, but I'm not gonna pretend like I'm a gun guy because I'm not. But I wanna I wanna share this graphic. Okay. So um, now uh, the top one. You guys have ever seen that meme where Drake is like, he has his hand up and he's like leaning one way. And in the bottom frame, he's like smiling to make memes. Oh, like yeah. yeah. It's kind of one of those memes, you guys. On the, on the top of, of this picture, it, it says the New York Times Post story. And then below that, it says the real story. And then next to the real story, it has the big picture of the four guys standing there. And above the New York, or next to the New York Post story, it has just a little frame of only the two white guys and their, of their heads. Okay. Now this is what it says. The New York post story armed rednecks defend stores from looters amid George Floyd, Floyd protests. Cool. That's how the media frames it. That's how the 90% of the media frames it because they're rednecks. all owned by 10 people who are controlled by the, a few. They're, they're spinning the narrative because until the, the, that far left Democrat, until the Democrat, I mean, this is not about Republicans or Democrats. It just happens to be right now in this instance, at this time, this time space reality that we're talking about this because the Democrats need to control the House. Now, not all Democrats are bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. Not even a little mm -hmm. tiny. There's just a few bad apples to spoil the bunch. But it turns out that the deep state people that are involved in this, they are Democratic. And so it's always been the number one, number one priority to get the Democrats back in the White House because you can't have the absolute full control until they do. And you can't take over the fucking world unless, unless you control the United States. Plain mm -hmm. and simple. And so, okay, cool. Why Ooh. would the New York Post take a little picture of just the white guys and say, armed rednecks defend stores from looters in George Floyd, amid George Floyd protests? Now, if you, if you look at the real story, which I did, I actually saw this picture before I saw the New York Times post. It has the four black guys that are standing there, the four black guys, the two black guys, the two white guys, they're all standing next to each other. And it says, want to talk about woke? This is woke. Black men and white men both exercising their Second Amendment right and protecting local businesses from looters in Minnesota. This is what government and politicians are truly terrified of. 
is unity. No race war here. Okay. Wow. So what, what's happened is they're trying to suppress it, Kyle. They mm -hmm. don't want people to know. So let me show you the whole J.R. Smith video that you may not have seen. Because J.R. Smith, was, he, he's been in the league for a long time. 15-year veteran, uh, great basketball player, known as a hothead, a little bit of a diva. But what happened was he, lived, he was at a house where there was not, they're not next to the riots in Cleveland. They're, they're, they're in a safe distance. L.A., I thought it was. Oh, yeah, L.A. Was, he's mm -hmm. in L.A. Yeah, you're right. But he played for Cleveland last. He's in L.A. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, in L.A. And um, what we're hearing is that potentially there's a bad guy, an investor uh, by the name of George Soros, who some of you guys may or may not have heard, who may or may not be allegedly uh, paying people. Because this has been going on for a long time. We've been talking about this. I happen to believe that this is true. But allegedly, until proven guilty. I do also. Um, George Soros is uh, potentially backing people to show up and uh, as anarchists. Some of you guys may have heard this term called Antifa. Uh, Donald Trump, which uh, it doesn't technically have the legal authority to do, uh, declared Antifa uh, a terrorist organization of the United, of the United States. Mm. And so we're gonna get into that in the second half of the show. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. But before we go to there, Kyle, I wanna know what the Gillen Gang's take is on this, especially if you come back and watch us on replay, because let's watch what happened in real life. Let's, let's, let's watch what the media may not be showing about you. And we top this first, uh, first half of this hour. Cause let's go. J.R. Smith knew that only thing that would run is him getting beat up or him beating up somebody and the media. Right. So he went right to Instagram and talked about what happened. Let's go back to that video and, and check it out. Now, before y'all see this shit somewhere else, one of these little white boys didn't know where he was going and broke my window in my truck. Broke my shit. This wasn't no resident. This is a residential area. This wasn't no stores over here. No, none of that shit. Broke my window. I chased him down and whooped his ass. So if the footage come out and y'all see it, I chased him down and whooped his ass. He broke my window. This ain't no hate crime. I ain't got no problem with no with nobody. Ain't got no problem with me. There's a problem with the mother system. That's it. The mother broke my window and I whooped his ass. He didn't know who window he broke. And he got his ass whooped. Bro, so powerful words there. But again, we talked about this, dude, because it's like, what are you supposed to do if somebody does something to yours? You know, here's J.R. Smith just saying like, yo, bro, like, I'm not doing shit. But, you know, you fucked with the wrong guy. Right. Now, the redneck part of me, there's that farm boy and part of me that sometimes it's like, I mean, bro, I never want violence. And I hope I never get in a fight ever, ever again. It's been a long time. But there's part of me that sometimes it's like, bro, if we need to throw hands, like, you know, we need to go outside and sell some shit. Now that's very primitive, but um, uh, what do you think about that? I mean, what do you think about J.R. Smith and how he's responded to that? I, um, I mean, looking at it from this, like it's hard to, to judge the emotions in a situation like that. Like I, I can understand what emotions would he would be going through, but I haven't had that happen to me. So um, I couldn't necessarily like act like I know what it's like to be in that situation. But in my opinion, like it's, like nobody's going to look at that situation if that like happened to me and be like, oh, you were in the wrong. Like everybody would like most people would agree like, oh, they broke your fucking window. Like, yeah, he deserved it. Yeah. But like for, but knowing this and having this conversation, I'm glad we're having this conversation because now I will be able to reflect back on this memory. If like something somebody does touch my son. Yeah. And it's like, OK, in that moment, do you 
do you like make it a point to like nobody's going to touch my fucking family or my belongings or do you make it a point to like you said have compassion and just like hug my son and pray for like hey hey Caden we got to pray for right we got to pray for them they're hurt like and that's actually it's funny you mentioned that because and we'll get into it a little bit later but that kind of fits into uh, that actually exactly fits into the the special moment I had with my son this past week so you guys listen I'm not a parent good thing Kyle is because he's going to give a parent perspective we're going to take a short short three minute break we're going to come back next half the hour we're going to keep unplugging or un unpacking what's going on right here but a lot of you parents I know uh, have some questions tough questions and some tough conversations to have with your kids. And you may not know what to do. You may not have a blueprint to download yet. So when we come back here in three minutes, Kyle and I are going to dive into that. If you missed the first half of the show, you missed out on a banger. You guys, uh, we're already off to maybe the best episode. Definitely the most censored episode. We were throttled. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Our viewership are way, is way down, lower than it's ever been. Um, we're going to have to go back and, and change the caption on this because Facebook's not going to let us run it as an ad otherwise, uh, clearly, because they're, they're throttling the, the reach so bad. Mm -hmm. um, but when we come back, guys, uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to the show. You guys know what to do. If you want to join the Gillen Gang, text 833-222-2694. Kyle and I are going to come back uh, next half of the hour, and we're going to talk about the conversation he had with his eight-year-old this weekend about what's going on, uh, some of the things that are going on in the world, uh, maybe some of the things that are going on in their personal relationship, and how parents just like you and like Kyle are handling the situation. Bro, I can't wait. Gillen Gang, we'll be back here in about three minutes. Until then, you guys go grab some water, go grab some coffee. I'll take a bathroom break if you need, but this is the Marshall Gillen Show. What is going on, everybody? Yeah. Who is excited for Monday? But Mondays are literally my favorite day of the entire week. Now, how is that possible? What is your problem, Marshall? Why are you smiling? Why do you have so much energy? Why are you all up in my face in this video? Tell me Mondays are awesome. Because you know why? Mondays are a mindset. And if you have a broke mindset and you want to dwell on the bad things and you want to set yourself behind and you want to be in a negative mood, then you're going to be. But guess what? It's just as easy to wake up on Monday and tell yourself that today kicks ass and that you love your life and that you're excited to tackle the week. But only one of those attitudes has a positive ROI long term. Can you guess which one it is? That's right. Have a good Monday. Keep hustling. <coughs> Getting those dreams we want. And this other person that we're tied, we're like 11 votes ahead of what would they be second place. They were tied for first. These two won and tied literally something I've been counting like eight times. They tied and were way ahead of the next person. So that just goes to show how hard this other individual contributed to the group. It says, recognizing your service, uh, creating value and contribution to our Connect Family MVP Award. And so a little bit about Marshall, man, this guy's got a heart. And his whole business is around helping other people tell their story. And so uh, super proud of you and your growth and the amount of contribution you do behind the scenes that you're not recognized for, Sonny and I. And then obviously publicly the other people recognize to vote for you, bro. Just so you know, like I said, you talk about legacy, you guys are way ahead. And number two, it was almost unanimous how much these people loved you this last year. And so find this guy. Uh, if you guys feel like you've got a story to tell, you've got a story to tell. Raise your hands, you got a story to tell. Oh yeah. His whole life exists about helping you tell it better. 
Find him in the hall, and because he loves to serve, I'm sure he'll spend a few minutes with you. Job. Give it up for Marshall. Guys. So come on. They wallet, they call it, they stall it, they want it, say fuck it, I'm on it, they running up 2500, they want me, I know that, they drop it, I like that, I'm caught back, say fuck that, they running up 2500, they want it, they call it, they stall it, they want it, say fuck it. Boy. So what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the second half of the first hour of the Marshall Gillen Show with Kyle Dillinger. We're just a couple of regular ass dudes who are trying to make it in this world, trying to get some papers, trying to stack them chips, trying to get some freedom, trying to give our family the <laughs> best life that we can. Uh, Speak the facts. I know a lot of you guys are doing that, but you have to understand that what's going on right now, not everybody has an opportunity to do that. And that's what pisses me off so much, Kyle. Right now, I'm, I'm so enraged by what's going on because it's one thing, it's one thing when you want to exercise your right to express yourself. But it, for me personally, and what fucking triggers me more than anything, like what really gets me going, dude, is when my right, when my right to choose, for my choice is made by somebody else and taken away from me. Like that's what upsets me so much about censorship. When my videos are pulled down or even when I'm watching one of the, the one of the people I like to follow and their videos are pulled down, like it's so maddening because it's, it's not about what's right or wrong. I don't care about that. But the fact that people don't have a choice to get the whole picture, like, oh my God, dude, wow. like mm -hmm. what in the fuck are we talking about? That, that's how how can you, how can you, um, how can we say we're living freely, which, which don't get me wrong, we have much more freedom than most over here in America. Yeah. However, it just seems like, I mean, now more than ever, our freedoms are being stripped right in front of our faces 100%. daily. 100%. I mean, everybody wants to talk about the outrage of this or that. How many people are talking about the homeless people? You, mm -hmm. I was in San Diego for 13 years. I, I mean, that's my home. You know how many homeless people are in San Diego? I mean, yeah, I, mean I can imagine. LA? Like, dude, listen. yeah, I've seen, I saw the LA, I saw LA's problem personally when I went to LA last year. And I saw, that's why I said, I can imagine like, where's the outrage? It, it's, it's, it, it's, um, where's the enormous human beings living on the street for our brothers that are living on the street. Now, listen again, what I was just talking about is your right to choose being taken away. And it's interesting because a lot of Americans are starting to realize that they were only about one paycheck away from being homeless. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And now that wow. the economy has been crashed for, you know, uh, almost three months. I mean, Americans have been sent home and out of work. And now when they, we started to open the country back up, all of a sudden we have this massive riot that breaks out right when the coronavirus is appearing to lose its steam. We're going to open up businesses, the business owners who didn't have a choice, whose option was taken away, even though it's against the fucking law, against the constitution, they had the right to stay open to, for business taken away when we were quarantined in our home, which mm -hmm. quarantine is for the sick. If you're driven into your homes and you're healthy, it's called tyranny. Wow. We were quarantined in our homes. We weren't allowed to work. We weren't allowed to make money. We didn't have a choice. And on top of that, like everybody wants to pick this outrage, but it's like people pick and they choose these things. And when you go out and protest and rage, or when you go out and you destroy and you riot and loot, you're taking away other people's right to be involved in the discussion. Now I'm going to show you guys some videos real quick, Gillen gang. And I'm going to be honest with you, trigger warning, they might disturb you because it, the first one is heartbreaking, bro. Now, if you guys go ahead and follow me on Twitter, I share a lot more on Twitter. But um, I just found some videos that I thought would be important to, to play. Now, this one's actually pretty upsetting because the word on it, one was what it describes is 
what it shows is heartbreaking because one is the lack of compassion. I'm telling you, Kyle, that I experienced on the reg for homeless people. I mean, I, I listen, they want to talk about racism. They want to talk about being fucking homeless. People will look at being homeless as less than being a person. They don't mm -hmm. give them money. They don't even look at it. They're disgusted. People go, oh, go get a fucking job. Oh, okay. You, you won't even fucking stop to, to say hello and ask them how they're doing. You think right. a job owner, somebody's building a business, going to take a chance and hire them? Well, yeah, especially. And, and, where, and then to that, I say like, yeah, there's, there are people out there helping, but where do you expect people like um, that are homeless to get showers and get clothes and, and all that? Like it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's how? easier said than done to, to tell somebody what to, Why to do with their lives. Mistake? Why aren't you starting your business? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? Like, it's easy for us to fucking say, mm -hmm. Why isn't job? but what are you avoiding in your life, Gillen gang? Like, I'm not trying to come down hard on you, but really right. it's easy for us to fucking be mad. But what else are you mad about? What are you mad at yourself about in life? Okay. Now the other part of this that's sick and it actually kind of sucks that uh, this is from InfoWars. Um, InfoWars for those of you guys who don't know, uh, is from Alex Jones, a well-known conspiracy theorist. Uh, was banned, uh, had over a billion views. Was banned from all all social platforms a few years ago. Started their own platform called InfoWars. And the heartbreaking thing that I learned and found out today is that um, what you guys are going to see is heartbreaking. One because of the homeless guy and his property being destroyed. And, and not, it wasn't bad enough that he's homeless. His right, his choice to be involved in all of this was taken away. It was taken away from him. It was made by somebody else. Hmm. Okay. If that was your dad or your grandpa who had just down on, nothing to anything to do with drugs, just down on luck. You got literally a lot. Most of these people fucking fell a paycheck behind and then they were behind on rent one month. And then all of a sudden it was two months and then all of a sudden everything started to pile up. They were evicted with all their stuff. They literally had no place to go. And they said, fuck it. And they walked away from all their stuff and boom, they're homeless. Mm. And they were, and then, and, and you know, as well as I do, and we talked about it on a show, previous episode is like once, once those events start, the momentum starts down that road and then you get into fight and flight and then you have stress and adrenaline. It's like, it's damn near impossible, impossible. To, to just, stand up one day and be like, okay, I'm getting my shit together today and change. So it's like these, we have to have compassion for, for, for everybody, for these people, for everybody. Yes. Yes. For everybody. Struggles that you feel right now, Gillen gang, you watch this, you listen to this. I know Kyle will agree for the, all of those think literally close your eyes right now and think of a time when somebody bullied you and took away your right to choose. How's that make you feel? Makes you scared, makes you feel small. At this point, you might, have been, you might be so tired of feeling scared and small that you're mad. You might be at a point where you're raged. It's heartbreaking. Now, the second half of this uh, video, I'll, I'll tell you about here in a second as far as it goes with InfoWars. But let's take a look at this video real quick, and let's see, let's see, the, like, let's see what's really going on. Oh man, um, not to be a baby, just I mean, brings that video brings me to tears because it's just like I know how many people, and I know that you've been there before, Kyle. And the details of our story are different, but at the end, it's still the same. You know what I'm saying? And it's mm -hmm. like I know how many I know what it feels like to just be like so fucking mad, like so mad because you're just like you're you're literally at your end, like you're literally at your end, and you're like. It'll, 
you're like, I can't take one more thing. And then something else happens and you're just like, you're fucking kidding me. And it comes a breaking point. And so um, this video just really hit me hard because um, I can feel the pain in his, in his, in his voice, you know? Mm, right. And I can hear the, the hopelessness, the hopelessness of like his fucking whole life being burned right in front of his eyes. And he like, what did this guy, this guy, what did he do? Yeah. What did he, he's, mm, mm. so I'm saying Dylan gang is like, I understand that we want to go out and we want to preach Trump or preach Biden, or we want to preach everybody does. Like, I know that. And I know, I know that we can all find a narrative to support. We just showed this a second ago. I know that we can all find a narrative to support, to be angry about, to be enraged about if we filter it through the things that used to hurt us. But I'm telling you guys, it doesn't do anything in your little narrow existence. And I don't mean that this describe, I'm just saying it in mine too, in our narrow band of existence, like we can channel that rage and make maybe feel like we're, we're right. And you may be, I, I mean, I'm not here to say you are, or you aren't, but like, You've got to understand the implications of your rage and anger. They, they, they are, they're like waves, even if you don't intend them to be. Like if, Kyle, if Kyle's son is playing at the park and some guy pushes him down, Kyle can go beat up that guy or get beat up, or he can go pick up his son and just embrace him and hold him and just walk and just go the other way and, and, and force to his son. Uh, you're, you're loved and you're supported. And I don't know why people act like that, but laugh and just, and send joy and peace because that's what stops the ripple. And it's so much harder to do that because you want to validate yourself. You want to root down and go, no, that, that motherfucker, he, he fucking hit my son. Mm. But, but what, when does it stop then? When does it wow. stop? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, a, that's an amazing way to put it because how we were briefly discussing before the show about how I want to come at everything with positivity and compassion, but it seems like with what's going on, I feel like I'm almost feeling drawn to like get outraged and get angered to, I almost, I, I mean, I don't want to say like fit in with what's going on, but it's almost like if I'm going to get shit on for trying to be positive, well then I, you know, I started to brainstorm and like, do I need to come at it from a different way? But no, having this conversation right now this is show making, is this. yeah, exactly. And it's also, it's reflect, it's a reminder to me that no matter how much hate I keep, the more hate actually that I see going on, the more I understand that I have to bring that love and compassion and positivity because we have to fight it with, we have to fight the fear and, and the anxiety and, and all that and the outrage with, with love and compassion. Like, with yeah, acceptance. And acceptance, there we go. And then love, because that, that's where it comes from first, right? First, right. we have to accept what's really going on. Yo, this is really happening. Okay, well, are the thoughts and feelings I'm having are they causing reactions that are making me resourceful or are they mm. causing unresourceful thoughts and emotions which then are creating unresourceful actions? It's not right or wrong. I'm just asking you guys in your experience of life, how your experience in your reality, are you happy? Are you satisfied? Are you, do you feel like there's hope? Are you excited to be alive? Because if the answer is no, then me and Kyle are inviting you to change the perspective. It's not easy. You guys, I've been fucking showing you videos and all these commercials. Three years ago, I was riding on my bike from the gym. You know, fucking three years ago, three and a half years ago, three and a half years ago. You know why? Because I was renting a room on Craigslist and I had fucking my car was all busted and I couldn't go drive around. And so I had to fucking mob on that little thing to the shitty ass gym. Right. Ten months ago, I was holding a gun to my head, like not wanting to be alive. Like literally, I mean, ten months ago, I didn't want to be on this planet. And now... 
I don't want to leave this planet. <laughs> it's so, so it's like, because life's so exciting because right. we get chose to look at life different. I, I keep being, and my, my rage comes from the willing ignorance of people because people, they, what they do is they, they, they find enough information. They find something that's happening. They find just enough information about it to have facts that reinforce their rage through their belief. And then they take out to the streets and the social media. But when they're, when they're presented with another fact or, or when they want to say, I, I just keep using Trump as a catalyst because I think that's why he's here during this great awakening is because it was meant to be. We needed such a polarizing catalyst for people to have an opportunity to, to look at their life. Uh, with no it. filter on his mouth. 100%. And so what happens is like, uh, you know, you look at Trump and it's like, dude, where the fuck was I going with that? Mm. I, uh, we were talking about the, um, the outrage and stuff. And, we, and actually I had a thought pop into my head yeah. and, um, I did want to mention that when all this first started going on, I didn't even think about the, uh, Antifa and the groups that like, uh, cause I read a couple months ago or watched a video about, uh, the Soros guy that you brought up paying people to like, walk from Mexico. This must yes. be the last election or something like he yes. paid groups to walk or something like this. Yes. Yeah. And so now it's like, Oh shit. It makes sense that there might be, so, okay. cause yeah, yeah, there might be groups that are getting paid to start well, this shit. That, that's a perfect, that's a perfect example. CNN or NBC. It was, was shown using fake footage from an Italian hospital and then running it and saying, right. New York. Uh, there was busted full point. <laughs> There, there's CNN footage of uh, the same little girl being being seen and used in three separate conflicts of uh, oppression in three completely separate parts of the world. Mm. Um, there's so things getting staged. Wow. That, that Infowars thing, the reason that it pisses me off is because that's heartbreaking. And I, what I fucking found out. And so, uh, listen, you guys do what you want. I'm done with Alex Jones. I'm fucking done with Infowars. Alex Jones have a tough time explaining this, um, but what happened is that his team, that Infowars, their guys were the ones that were dragging stuff into the fire because they were trying to create chaos, like just off the chaos and a safe distance away so they could create content to show what it is. That's why the wow. whole guy walks right up to the camera guy because they were all together before and they're like, and he's like, what do you do when I live here? And so he's yelling at the Infowars guy. And so wow. even the fucking guys who split off, it's like, the hate, the hatred and rage and anger that Alex Jones feels for the establishment, which he's entitled to, and he may be right, but look what the well, look at the byproduct of him or the, his product, his brand, trying to create content to get it out there because it's not about really helping us anymore. It's more about taking them down. The rage behind taking down the establishment than is actually helping the people, which is how it started. Which is wow. why the Marshall Gillen Show exists with Kyle Dillinger because it's like. <sighs> These are the conversations we need to be having, bro. Yeah, people need. I didn't. I didn't even know about that part of it. So, so this is like me learning. Right. We've been talking about, and so when you talk about George Soros, which let's share this graphic real quick. George Soros, right here, you guys can see on screen. Uh, he was quoted in an interview uh, back in 2014 uh, in Germany. Uh, it, this is the this. Now listen, this is not the view. This is just the view of George Soros, who's a well-known uh, 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 racist, well-known billionaire, billionaire, and and I think. Uh, he is the head of the public deep state. Mm. Like the guys who are actually wow. people who are actually run the show, we'll never know their name. Never know them. But George Soros is the one there that is like the investor. And so this is what George Soros said. You guys can go find it. I'm going to bring down the United States by funding black hate groups. We'll put them into a mental trap and make them blame white people. The black community is the easiest to manipulate. Okay. Wow. Now we've shared shit like this before. I told you uh, guys a long time ago. Um, about another guy who, oh my God, it's slipping my mind. I'm trying to go for the graphic. I was trying to just, 
What, what do you think when you read that, though, Kyle? I, um, I mean, first off, I'm disgusted that a human being can even think like this, which makes me, I mean, on a side note, that makes me realize, or not realize, but that makes me um, go to research the side of, like, there, it, there's real-life demons on this planet, in right. my opinion, like, like spiritual warfare, um, so to speak, and, like, seeing guys like, like, that, he's not human to me, that's, there's no way a human being can just no. hate a group like that, mm -hmm. like, I don't, I just don't bro. get it, bro, I don't There's get it. There is. So let's talk about David Rockefeller, who again is another, another, uh, he's passed away now, but built the empire, part of the original like cabal that was building up America. This is what uh, he said in, I mean, it's in his book. David Rockefeller said this in his book. Okay. Now we can go back if we wanted to, and I could show you how involved that David Rockefeller was the head of all these organizations and, and some of these media things like directly connected to influence. This is what he said in his, in his bi uh, biography. So, uh, some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the entrance of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure, one world, if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty and I'm proud of it. Okay. So we have these well-known people who are, who are who publicly said in, in areas they want to take down the world. If you guys go to 2015 TED Talk, of Bill Gates, when he's given that famous speech talking about the coronavirus that's going to wipe everybody out, he says, you can go find it. It's there. He says, and I strongly believe that with advances in vaccines and uh, viruses, that we can decrease the uh, world population by 15%. I'm sorry, what was that, Bill? Wow. And so, again, you guys, the reason I was not a Trump supporter in the beginning, but the reason that I started to watch, I started to support Trump is because when the pandemic broke out, he started to stream live from the White House every day, every fucking day. And so I hated Trump. I mean, bro, I'm talking hated Trump, homie. Fucking hated I, I remember a few conversations. You, like, you can tell, like, when you talk about it, like, you you had, like, the hate for him. Because yeah. I'm like, this guy's a fucking buffoon. But right. I didn't do the work. So this is why I want to talk about the willing ignorance. And I want to talk about, I want to try to tie it back in. But I keep seeing people outraged and there's this willing ignorance. They'll, I'll present them with facts and they'll go, nope, I'm not going to watch that. I don't need to. I already know wow. he's a piece of shit. So let's use that as an example. Perfect thing. Trump was was is famous for saying that Mexicans are uh, disgusting uh, animals and they won't be tolerated. Okay, I'm half Mexican. He wanted to build a wall. Hey, guess fucking what, people for who, who've never been to Mexico or don't live in San Diego? There's already a wall. The presidents <laughs> of the United States have been trying to build a wall for fucking ever. It's it's not new. The beams are there. If you go, like, they've been there for fucking ever. But all of a sudden, George Soros gets a bunch of, uh, uh, hires a bunch of paid people, uh, Haitians and Mexicans and people to move up, to start to migrate, protest. We need freedom to, to crowd the borders. And now Trump is forced, like, no. he, You guys, Trump doesn't hate immigrants. He's just saying if there's going to be immigrants in this country, then they should come through legally and they should apply for the process so they pay taxes, so they're part of the functioning economy. Right. How, I, I mean, if you, if you look at it from a logical standpoint, if we just let anybody come in, like we would get, I mean, there would be no room for uh, uh, people born here. Like it would be, how many people would want to come to the United States for the freedom? 100%. And like to, yeah, to have the, the ability to, to provide for them family. So yeah. hundred percent. But then people go, oh, well, well, they're taking jobs from Americans. Okay. 
on the other hand, then somebody goes, well, those aren't fucking jobs that you're going to do anyway. Yeah, I've heard. Okay. Yep, I've heard people bring that side of it. Mm-hmm. Both ways. Well, guess what? Let's say they don't come. Most fucking Americans are so entitled and or lazy that they can make more unemployment than they can working in those fields or doing the jobs that most immigrants do. So no matter what you choose, you're fucked. And so you cut off your nose to spite your face, but for what? Mm. And so the media frames it as, okay, well, let's hire these fucking actors to print real CNN about fake news. Trump loves to call them. Fake news will film just that one little part. Oh my God, the refugees are coming up. They hide the, you know, and Trump's like, well, we got to build this wall. And then they frame it as, oh, Trump rushes to keep out people. America used to stand, like no matter what mm. he does, the mainstream media is going to attack it. And so- Like they, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, perfect example being like, okay, well, if you guys watch the whole interview of when Trump says that, what he's actually talking about is the drug cartel. And he's talking about human trafficking. And he's talking about how he will not rest until every child is safe and not being raped. There are 40 million people a year trafficked. It's a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. The Jeffrey Epsteins, the Clintons, these people of the world, Hollywood elites, the most famous actors and actresses that you know, okay? Go do the fucking research. It's there. Who are murdering babies, okay? They're, they're raping little kids, okay? Trump is against this. If you watch the interview, that's what he's saying. Somebody asked, what are you going to do? He says, we're going to come down hard. We will not rest until, the, until everything is done. Until we kill these, until they're we're, we 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 save every man, woman, and child. You've got to understand, Mexicans are great people. I love Mexicans, but these people, these these people aren't people. They're animals. They're lower than that. Oh, bite sound clip. Here's the sound clip. Here, these people are animals. They're less than Ooh. animals. Wow. Okay, and we will not rest until they're not in our country. Okay. Well, did you go watch the whole fucking, did you go watch the whole 20 minute interview? I don't need to go watch the whole 20 minute interview. I know that Trump's a fucking idiot. Fuck Trump. I hate him. Okay. So in February, Kyle, now I'm watching the president and I'm watching him every day. Cause what what else do we have to do? It's three o'clock here. To inform the other than to inform ourselves on what the hell's going on. I already know the media is bullshit and I don't watch it, but I am curious to see what this fucking buffoon has to say. So I tune in and all of a sudden I'm like, wow. You make a lot of really great points, Mr. President. Like, wh- why, why, why don't more people understand this? And then I would get on Twitter. I'd start doing research for the show, and I would see mainstream media, and they would say something about the interview that just happened or about the press conference that just happened. And it would be, and I teach people, bro. I'm the best at it. Framing. I teach people how to frame and how to sell, like NLP, neuro linguistic programming, how to use persuasion and influence to sell your products and services. You guys are watching this. And you're an entrepreneur or business owner and you want to make more money. You want to have more impact. You want to make more income. Go to toppaidspeaker.com and I'll teach you how. Man, the plugs are so easy. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just easy. I'm just effortless. I'm, I'm just like, this, that's how you do this. This is what the mm-hmm. president does. And so it's like through the, the, the framing and, and the time, like, uh, the positioning, the media too can do this and make people look bad. And so I started to look at the media, what they're putting out. I was like, wait a second. He didn't fucking say that. That's, that's not what he said at all. And all of a sudden, I realized that us as American people don't have the right. We're not. We're having the our right to choose taken away, because wow. they own ninety. Look, we ten people own a hundred percent of the media online and on, on the TV. Ten fucking wow. businesses, ten corporations. Now, if you're George Soros and you're a billionaire, come 
if I put you, if I make you the most famous platform there is, if I make you the most famous movie star, if I make you the most famous musician, if I make you uh, the politician, if we open up the channels that allow you to have the fame, 60 million people on a social media platform, are you going to adhere to what it is we want you to say to our narratives? Are you Ellen who's going to steer this? Are you going to be Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson that comes out as the first people that have coronavirus so we know, oh my God, this is fucking real. The people we love got it. Now I'm, I'm starting, starting to click and I'm going, this is, this is not right. Wait a second. Now listen, you guys, when the coronavirus hit and, and it may, March 11th, when, when uh, sports shut down and March 13th, uh, Friday the 13th, when the world, the world started to shut down and they drove 3 billion people worldwide basically into their homes out of fear, um, I started to, something did smell right. You know what I'm saying, Kyle? Mm, uh, I know exactly what you're saying because that was about right. the time I started doing a little research. Something's not right, bro. And so I was like, okay, I started watching the president every day. And I was like, this, this motherfucker knows what's up, actually. And lamestream media, fake news has been, has been programming even smart guys like me some bullshit. And I've been finding, and my mom was saying this too, the baby boomers, the reason they have such trouble you know, coming around to Trump is because he's not presidential. Every president mm. in the history of presidents has always been presidential. Right. That big of a deal to us millennials, but to them, like they can't even fathom a president who says, grab him by the pussy. Now, is that right or wrong? It's disgusting talk. Yeah. But fuck you if you're watching this or listening to the show and you haven't said things behind closed doors that you wouldn't say out loud. Fuck you. Mm. And you know what? This show isn't for you because you're a goddamn liar. I know, and I'm not always proud of it. And even sometimes this day, like I'm very public, but and I'm working on it. And I wouldn't, but there's some things I still very few, but there's things I wouldn't say. Does that make me a bad person? Mm. No, no. I know that saying those things isn't a, isn't a progressive way for me to get my feelings out. And and the anger and rage that I feel to some of the things I wouldn't say out loud. Are maybe and it's not like racist or hatred, nothing like that. No, yeah. yeah like, you know, but as a as a as a public figure, so to speak, as an anti-influencer, like you, like when once you're in that realm, you do have to be careful. I mean, it's not censoring yourself; it's not censoring who you truly are. But you are aware that like you have to come at it from a, a certain way because people are looking up to you. So they they'll take your opinion and your words and and spread them, okay. um, which is not right or wrong, good or bad. But like but you, we, we just have to be mindful all- of that. We're all human beings and right. we do have to be mindful of that. You're right. Mm-hmm. But we're all just human beings in the end. And sometimes we're just fucking human beings and we just say shit because like we're just fucking human beings. Or you just say shit because of past experiences. And, and okay. you, sometimes I've noticed from my personal experience, especially li- through my journey of this last 10 months, is I'll say something. I'll be like, oh, wait, that was the old Kyle. That was the ego, Kyle. Right. That was like okay. now shedding I, that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like in women's circles. But in men's circles, I've been the alpha at the, at the top and I've been the new, the new person who's trying to fit in. And I know you can relate to this because every man can relate to this. So let's say that you're Trump in that aspect. Let's say that you're the alpha. Well, right or wrong, we as the alpha, we think that we have to posture and do all these things for all the other guys to keep following us. Mm. And so once you, re- once you learn that habit at a young age, you never stop. Kyle, you and I talk marketing and business sometimes. I was talking with you and your dad one time. I said, people spend a lot of money on marketing and branding that are already winning. Like, People go, I'm not going to go try to work with them because they're already number one. Well, you guys know what? You know what number one fears the most? Being number two. Like that's what drives them. It's a fear. It's a scarcity. The same fear and scarcity that you feel about never making it, they feel about not being able to maintain it. 
And so it's easy for you to go, oh, fuck Trump. Like, no, he feels fears every day. And that's not just about presence, it's just a catalyst for using you guys. It's everything. It's all the same shit we talk about every day. And so it's interesting, bro, because now let's start to tie this back in. I'm watching the president. He, he, I've hated him forever, but now I'm like, may, maybe this isn't, isn't everything that's been cracked up to be. I'm starting to unfold all this uh, deep state shit. I'm starting to learn how the media works. I'm trained as a speaker, uh, as an influencer, so I can see what the media is doing. I'm outraged because uh, of, um, of uh, my right to choose being taken away. I start to like Trump, but I'm like, how do I validate all that shit he said? Well, that when I started diving in and realizing that everything has been framed and clipped to make him look bad by the lamestream media, then that's why. That's why. And so I, I think back to a clip like that. Oh, we'll grab by the pussy. Well, listen, guys. You know what? Sometimes not been in circles. I've said things to fit in. Well, I'm mm. not proud of it, and I don't wow. do that anymore. But I've said things to fit in, and I've Damn. said things to no matter if you're at the top or the bottom. A bunch of guys sitting around. They're they're fucking. They're all looking at you. You're the billionaire playboy. You've been, you've done all this. Oh, Donald, tell us this. Tell little cronies want to live vicariously through you. And if you tell me you've never stretched, stretched the truth, fuck you too. So that's not true. I know you have. And so you're, and I, this is all completely generalizing. I'm building up to why baby boomers don't like this. I want to talk about a spiritual part of this, Kyle, too. Tie this all in. Oh, I'm the best fucking transformation storytelling in the world. This is the best show ever. Best show ever. Fire. This is a fire show. And so now you're Donald Trump, you're sitting there in your fucking New York little fucking penthouse with little like private club and all your cronies are sitting there. Ooh, tell us this time. Oh yeah. You know, just, I just say, I'll grab him by the pussy. You know, I'm famous. I can do whatever I want. Mm. If you've never said anything out of context, cheek and tongue to try to look or fit in, then this show definitely isn't for you because you're a better person than me and Kyle. And we're probably just going to offend you. And so not that it's right or wrong, I'm not here to judge that. Okay. I wouldn't want anybody to say that to my mom or sister. Right. Or I dated, but bro, like I'm a disgusting fucking man. Okay. I'm a disgusting. I'm a, I'm a man. I'm disgusting. Okay. I'm a disgust. I'm prim We're primitive. We're primal, especially us alpha males. And so sometimes when I'm in a testosterone driven world, we may jokingly say some things that aren't really that cool. Like just really, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this. Mm. Okay? Right. Yeah. And especially, especially when, yeah, especially when you're in, when you're in a, uh, around a group of guys, especially cause all the testosterone and like everybody's button antlers. Right. And I'm not necessarily, I'm, I personally haven't been in a long while. The guy that, that jumps in on conversations about like doing stuff with females and things like that, mm -hmm. but it seems to be like the main conversation guys have. Um, and I, and like you said, a minute ago, like I'm guilty as charged as um, saying something that I tr like don't believe in or align with just to fit into the conversation, just to, right. you know, and give my two cents to be like, oh, you know, I'm relatable. So 100% because we all, we talk about this all the time. Tony Robbins taught us we all, human beings only want two things. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. We want to belong somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the perfect thing. I know we're going to talk about your son. We're going to get into that hard conversation you had with him. I don't even know how we got off on this tangent. <laughs> I was trying to frame the way that mainstream media, I came back live, I was hot. I came back in hot. I don't know why. Just I just ran with it. I got to ask you that question when we come back. We're going to take another short break, Gillen Gang. You guys see the number below. If you guys want to join our team, I'm launching the Gillen Gang later today. I'm opening up our headquarters officially, letting the people in. So text Gillen Gang to 833-222-2694. If you want to join the conversation, comment below. Text the number, you guys. Um, we're, 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 I mean, we're really getting into a lot of this, you know? Uh, Lauren, a uh, friend of the show, she says, this is also heartbreaking. So sad with so many being manipulated and divided the human race. Um, you know, Their plans uh, working accordingly. Plans working perfectly. Uh, divided more than ever. Too, yeah. 
Um, and so like, like, oh yeah, Lindsay says, or the, all the women who say, I'll grab them by the balls. It's true. And so again, not that it's right or wrong, but what I'm saying is that when things are framed in a way to make people look bad, they can. And what's going on right now, trying to defame the president is really sad. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to like him or agree with him, but the reason that so many baby boomers are having trouble is because they've never heard a president do that. Mm. To them, Donald Trump was just a playboy who got kicked out of uh, uh, middle school and then uh, got kicked out of high school. Dad bought, his, bought him back into high school. Dad bought his way into college. Uh, Dad's business wasn't failing, but it was doing something different. And Trump took something that wasn't working and he built a hotel industry and he literally changed New York. Um, so he did some good stuff, but he did it in a very um, arrogant way. And so a lot of people that grew up with him hate him, like kind of like me growing up hating LeBron because he was good and because of Jordan, right? Like that fuck that, right. I love LeBron, Kobe, whatever. Same thing with Trump. And so a lot of these baby boomers, I dude, we talked about this in my early, early content. If people go back to my YouTube and they go to the Marshall Gillen show playlist, and you guys go to the early episodes that aren't up on any of the podcasts, exclusive YouTube content, youtube.com forward slash Marshall Gillen. You guys will talk hear me talking about frequency. And Kyle, I talked to you about this too. I said that, dude, literally the older people by the end of this, they're all, they're going to die because we're moving from a third dimensional reality into a fourth dimensional reality. And, and their physical ego literally just cannot vibrate at a frequency fast enough to allow them to raise, to, to, to uh, um, enlighten, to, to elevate. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I saw, oh, my bad. Good. Uh, no, I, will ask uh, I, I was going to say, um, it ties into a little um, astrology. Is that, or is it astronomy? Astronomy. Um, with uh, Jupiter, Pluto, and Earth all aligning right now for these next five months, I read about how the 3D to 4D also, but I, I also read, I'm, I'm still researching. I'm in the middle. Um, I've seen 4D. I've seen 5D. Um, I trust you a lot, and you said you bring up 4D quite frequently. Um, but I read something that this this five months is us moving into 5D and those lower vibration vibrations and those people that are vibrating at that level will not survive after the, I mean, I don't know how long, but yeah. that's essentially what's going on. And I, and that's why that's I understand right. why all the emotions are everywhere for everybody. Because we're under attack. So, this is the great awakening. This is like revelations yep. in the Bible. I mean, legitimately, this is the guys, this is a spiritual warfare that's happening. It's not people versus people. It's an energy. It's a dark energy versus a light energy. Now, uh, we can make this a, a freaking spiritual show too, because I mean, we that's the thing that's beautiful about Kyle and I is it doesn't matter. We could talk anything we wanted to. Uh, we're very blessed. Um, and so uh, that's the thing though, dude, like, you know, th this is dark versus, this is goodness versus darkness. And people look at Trump and think he's the evil, but I, I beg to differ. And so I have become a Trump fan, which is really, really interesting. Um, but it's just the more that I watch and the more that I learn, the more I'm accepting what's going on. And that's what we talked to the second half of this, uh, of this hour talking about like uh, the willing, willing ignorance. Are you willingly staying ignorant or are you willingly educating yourself? Okay. Listen, Gillen gang, there's a lot we can talk about. We're going to ask Kyle more questions about parenting and how he's dealing with this on the next hour. We're going to go to a short commercial break. When we come back though, like I said, we're going to dive into how is Kyle handling this? What is he talking, the, the conversations he's having with his eight-year-old son? What's the conversation he just had with his eight-year-old son? Uh, for those of you who may be wondering, Marshall, this is great. Uh, I, I got I to gotta ask you though, how are we going to change the world? You guys, I talk about it all the time. A billion lives save a billion lives with the power of storytelling and vulnerability. But you've got to understand something, Gillen Gang. It's very, very simple to get started. All you have to do is create a platform, okay? Create a platform. Once you create that platform, figure out an expert knowledge or experience that you have from your past life, from your life, that you could package up and sell to help people 
create a solution. And once you have that platform and once you have that solution, all you have to do is share uh, your, your information, your stories, your knowledge in a way that draws people into you, that gets them to want to know you, like you, and trust you, and take action. And some of those, a percentage of those people that watch you will want to buy those products, those services. That's literally how this works. If you guys want more information, toppaidspeaker.com. Kyle, I will see you on the on that I will see you on the next hour. Uh, when we come back from this commercial break, guys, see you in three minutes. Gillen, gang. See you soon, bro. Live, and we are here inside the top paid speaker 30 day accelerator. Now, look, this is literally the exact 30 day accelerator that allowed me to quit my job, travel the world, and make multiple six figures telling my story from stage. Not only that, this is literally the exact same 30 day accelerator that has allowed my clients to make over a combined three billion dollars in just over two years. Yeah, that's M, a big M, right. As you guys can see here in the first module, I'm just going to be laying it out. Hey, this is what to expect. You guys, in the second module, I'm going to be telling you guys the art of storytelling and exactly how you can tell stories that sell a lot of anything. You guys, we move into the next module, the business of speaking. I break down the entire thing. How do you get paid to speak on stage, travel the world, and tell your story? Not only that, you guys, I threw in a little bonus here for you. Shh, don't tell anybody. It's the top 10 ways to get paid in 2020. We're going to talk about how to book gigs, how to book local gigs, how to book any talk, how to host your own events. We're going to then move into literally how to become a top paid speaker, the confidence that you need, the storytelling that you need, the offers, the presentations, the closes, and literally how you can even dominate live video and live stages. And then I threw in another bonus, how to make $10,000 to $60,000 a month using the top paid speaker to sell your products and or services. I'm telling you, you're going to want to grab this right now before it goes away. Music up loud, it's just banging. And it's just crazy. Well, let's say bumping in the web like, oh, those speakers go bang. Speakers go bang, bang. I make the speakers go bang. I make the speakers go bang. I make the speakers go bang, little C-tracks. Ooh, you're getting it together here. I like this new this new music going on. It's good, right? Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, listen, I fucking motivated, homie. I don't know. I've been telling people... I know I've been talking a lot, a lot for like four years, and a lot of the people that used to follow me 
Um, I burnt down the bridge so hard, like right before I met you, bro, which is uh, not, not coincidental now knowing you, like we were energetically, we're literally on the same, like we're, we're a same cycle, right? Um, right. Details. And so as your life was falling apart right there, so was mine. And so we literally found each other um, at the same time, like, like, oh, what you, you, what you found in me, I was finding in other areas, you know? And so it's like, we, it's just the same, same flow, dude. And, um, uh, but I burnt it down hard. I mean, Kyle, you think I'm good at talking in a positive way, bro? Like <laughs> I, what, what I speak in love, I can do, I don't know why anger cuts so much deeper, but, um, and I just burned it all down. I was in a rage and I was just mad and I was still with my ex-girlfriend. Um, but now dude, but, uh, but now, uh, when I think of the show, you know, I told people, dude, in 2017, like I keep showing these three-year-old videos and I, I, I like me in 2017 and I'm like in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I, or I had, I'm wearing like a sweatshirt or shirt that I ordered back. I was doing self-made back then. And, um, I was telling people, listen, in 2017, I'm on a mission to prove to you that with a cell phone and social media, you can change your life. I, that was my mission statement. Cause you know, I'm big on mission statements. 2017, mm -hmm. That's what it was. 2018, I was on a mission. To, uh, I, in 2018, I was on a journey to make um, my first hundred thousand dollars. Or my, uh, I'm no. 2017, I accidentally made a hundred thousand dollars. 2018, I was on a journey to make my first hundred thousand dollars on purpose. Um, and then we did on that. Purpose. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I was on this mission after that, dude. Uh, with top paid speaker, I the next thing in 2019 mission statement was going to be. Um, I wanted to make a hundred people, a hundred thousand dollars, which mm -hmm. is like, how do you do that? Right. Um, and so I, I, I realized in 2019, I wasn't really going to do that anymore. I didn't like it, but I, you know, was on the line from it, uh, burnt it down. Uh, and then I went backwards and it turns out that my clients, bro, that I'd worked with in that time, the first nine days had made over three and a half million dollars combined. And I was like, holy fuck, this does work. And the, that's what revitalized it and kind of started the whole thing. Point being is that, bro, I've been calling my shots from the get-go. Now that I know how to manifest, now that we know how to manifest, like now that we understand it, and now that we're willing to uh, uh, to feel the rage and anger, but then settle it and then go back into love, because we not because we're better or smarter, but we are, and we are. <laughs> we are, and we are. Anybody can be. We're trying right. to get to this level where it's not yeah. it's all ours. Right, we didn't start. You, we didn't start here, obviously. 100%. So. And so I'm like, okay, I, I'm trying to tell them, dude, I'm trying, bro. I told them I've been fucking Kyle. I've told them I I've been showing them for four years, every single thing I'm going to do. I've been calling my shots and they're fucking not listening still, bro. I'm trying to say, yo, we're building a seven figure show. Oh, well, Marshall, you never done that before. No, you don't have to. It's already done. I already know mm -hmm. how to do it. Like, you know what I'm saying, bro? hundred percent. People are fucking sleeping if they're not watching the Marshall Gillen show with Cal Dillinger. Like they're just, they're mm. sleeping. I mean, literally, I'm not trying to be a dick. I just believe in it that much. Like that's how confident I am. And so for me in this, in this atmosphere, Kyle, um, with the coronavirus and with, you know, all the things and now with the, with the riots and the, and the looting, like I, for me, I got me, you know why? Cause I'm just, I like, it's just me. Now I realize that most of the people that watch this show, um, some of them are just them too, but a good portion of them more probably than not, aren't just, uh, them. They have families, they have loved ones. A lot of them have kids. And mm -hmm. so right now, man, is not a time where I, I don't even know what to say. Cause I can't imagine, I mean, kids are dialed into everything. They're into social media. They're watching TV. Um, you know, the, uh, in your case, you know, there's a, the child's in two homes. And so, 
uh, there's two different perspectives. Who knows what's being said at mom's? And so I want you to open up about that and to just tell us, man, if you will, like what, what are you experiencing and what was this conversation you had with your son yesterday? I mean, what, what's going on? Because I don't know what to say about all that as a parent. <laughs> um, so we didn't necessarily have a talk about the current like riots right. and stuff like that. Um, what happened this weekend um, is I've noticed. Okay, I'm going to try to get through it without getting emotional because. Oh, God, let it out, man. <laughs> um, okay. So I noticed my son's like inner light has been dimming for a while now. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't pinpoint it. Um, I just, I've known something's been off. And because uh, he used to be so outgoing and he still is outgoing, but only around certain people or certain. Actually, when we get around people, it's, it's really his light comes out when he's around kids and he can be free and be himself. Um, for some reason, I've noticed that he is like put off by being around especially older kids and like older people in general. And uh, I'm thankful that the conversation went the way it did because I wasn't coming at it from compassion. I noticed that I was talking from my anger and my subconscious and he started to get uh, like shy about something we were talking about. I was, I was like, Hey, do you want to go hang out uh, with your older cousins? And, um, he was hesitant about it. He was like, no, I don't want to anymore. I was like, dude, five minutes ago, you told me you wanted to find somebody to go hang out with today. So I went and found somebody for us to go hang out with for the day uh, and play. And now you're telling me you don't want to go like what, what's going on. And, and he just says, I don't know. Every time he doesn't want to say anything, he says, I don't know. And so I was like, no, bro. I was like, I need to know why you feel like that because clearly something's happening to make you not want to go. And I was like, are older kids mean to you? Like, and, uh, and, uh, he started crying to me and, um, he was like, uh, yeah, sometimes, which I knew he meant all the time, the way he said it and the way he was feeling. And, um, and that was my, like, I had to snap into dad mode, like, instantly. And I, like, just, I, like, told him to come here. And I hugged him. And I, like, yeah. held his back. And I was, mm. like, because I'm noticing in my, in my life that are from my personal experiences and watching my son and being a parent, I'm noticing, like, he is exactly where I was at eight years old. Mm. Like, you can see, constantly, you can see the whole thing unfolding again. Uh, literally I'm watching my life unfold in front of me in my child's life, like two households back and forth from dad and moms, like dad's on the weekend. Um, he's got his normal life at his mom's house, normal life with like brothers and sisters in a nice yard to play and all that. Um, and then now we're talking about bullying and like, I go back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is, my life, like he, the teacher, the way, the way his teachers talk about him and like how he helps other kids and his compassion for everybody. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is me. So when he was telling me this and crying, I instantly watched his life unfold. If nothing changes mm. right now. Yeah. And it, and it let, like, I know what it leads to. It leads to like, he would lead to exactly what I, and I'm not saying like it would be the exact same, but like the resistance and the anger and the same thoughts and not being feeling safe around other people. So I just held him and I was like, dude, like pe those people are hurt. And um, 
we don't know what's going on in their mm. houses. And uh, we just have to, we just have to pray for them and, mm. and understand that, that they don't mean to be mean to you. Like, that's just, that's just what's going on right now. And um, I like just embraced him. And uh, after that, it was so beautiful because after that, like he was himself the rest of the weekend, like from that talk, like we went and oh had a great God. time at my cousin's and he like played and like he got so excited playing that like I walked into the room to check on him and, he, and I was like, hey, is everything going all right in here? He's like, yeah, get out, dad. I'm like, oh shit, okay, <laughs> okay, I'll get out, I'll let you play. And, so um, how did that feel as a dad to see him like that, to experience that? I mean, how, how, what was the feeling for you? Was it fulfillment? That on this this weekend was the most fulfilled I've felt I have felt as a parent because you That's know crazy. yeah you know from from my from what's been going on that like I've been I've been conscious for a while now that I wasn't the best dad. Um, Why do you say that? Not because I was so busy surviving. Wow! For his whole life so far up until last year. Um, right that I reflect back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, it, like you're sitting here chasing, I'm sitting here chasing comfort, chasing money to like to where I can get a safety net. And then I, I've been telling myself like, okay, I'll get that. And then I'll be this and how you and I've talked and you've said multiple times, like you have to be the human and be the being that you want to be in order right. for everything else to unravel. Right. Um, so I just, I've realized looking back, like I've been so busy surviving that I wasn't being a parent. Like, I mean, I've been, you know what yeah. I mean? I've been a parent, yeah. but just like not well, the best I can be. Dude, and, we uh, just got that message from that lady. Uh, that I just got that DM from that lady the other day. It said the same thing. Remember her son, 28 years old, uh, right. not here anymore. And he wanted to be an entrepreneur in the worst way. And she said she was so busy and she just kept telling him it won't work. I won't work because she was scared. She was worried for him. And all of a sudden uh, he wasn't here anymore. And she said that she's been watching our show and just been like, I wish that I had listened to him. I wish that I had done that. And so now here you are much earlier in the thing, but you're, you're seeing the same thing. And that's what this whole show is about is breaking the stigma, ending the cycle. And so now what, man? It's okay. Um, sorry. I'm in a uh, shared space. Um, so now. Oh, did somebody come I, over to ask you if you're okay? No, he, his phone started ringing and he was yeah. like, Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, Oh no, it's fine. Um, so now. I just have the awareness that it's like structure my work. So like this weekend, I was very, like I talked with you a little bit. I did a tiny bit of social media, but I was aware the whole time. Like, no, this, when I'm with my son, like this is like, this is the time for my son. Like no more like answering calls, no more doing I this, do, no yeah. more doing that. Like, yeah, like present. Yes. And I've been, I've been, I said the, on a show last week, like I, I um, pride myself in my awareness and I've let that slip for a little bit. And um, like, I was really aware about that months ago and I let it slip. I got back into grind mode yeah. and I noticed like when I had my son, I was still like not here. So it was like, it was almost like going through the motions of being a parent instead of like literally being there for him. Like your kids just want love and they want you to watch them play and they want you to be there. They don't Dude, give a so shit. Cool. I mean, they, yes, they care about doing things. And like my son watches YouTube and um, sees these families like going out and being able to do whatever they want, swiping the credit card at the store, doing challenges, whatever it is. And I want that for, and I'm, I'm going to give that to my son and I'm working on that. But at the same time, now I have the understanding to where it's like, like, okay, you can do that, but just be organized, be on your shit. 
like have your time situated for work and have your time situated for your kids and do not let them cross over. And that's where I'm at right now. Like, and, just, and that's such, I mean, that's boundaries 101. I 100%. mean, you're applying to being a parent and it's so true. And I may not be a parent, but I know that that's how it works. Is like, that's why people think that they lose freedom when they, when they are adhere to a schedule. Okay. Well, if you're like me, one, you have ADD. Two, you're naturally like accelerated ADD. And then three, you balance that with vitamins. Um, you know, sometimes like it's hard for me, right? But like, that's why I schedule stuff. And so sometimes that'd be really hard for people to get a hold of me too. And I'm like, I know, but you just have to understand. Like, if you break it, if you break the boundary, it's like, it's so I, I hard to, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, what reminds me of the time, uh, Grant Cardone, not that everybody's a fan of him or not, I'm indifferent. Uh, but he said one time on stage at an event I was at, he, so such a salesman. He goes, you think that that uh, F6 out there, you think that private jet out there is for me? He said, that private jet's not for me. He said, that's not for me. He said, that's for you. He said, because if it wasn't for that, if I had to fly regular, even first class, he said, I wouldn't be here. So I wouldn't come here if I had to take, if I had to go through all that and I had to drag my family through, or if I had to leave my family, I wouldn't leave them. I wouldn't choose you over them because I love them more. Mm. But that's why I got that jet because for you, because I wouldn't be here. I was like, okay framing but it's interesting yeah i get it yeah but same thing it's like dude like i just i think it's such a unique time to be able to tell our stories because i you know we talk about having your cake and eating it too um and we talk about things like grant cardone we talk about these tough conversations you're having we're talking about you know making money online or traveling the world or or being part of the conversation like all of these things and so it's like it's overwhelming especially if it's for like people like you and i parents if you are if you're a parent or a wife and or husband you have to add that to the equation and so the number one thing has been just being able to get present, being able to like realize that when you set a schedule, then you know, you, you can start to train yourself to build a habit to surrender to those worries and those anxieties that you have. You can start to release them. And then you can say, you know what? Nope. I'm, that thought and that energy is not for this time. Right now I'm working out in the gym. I, I, because I sat down and did it. I have ample amount of creativity time planned and I'm going to save my energy for that moment. Kobe Bryant said the thing that made him the very best in an interview shortly before he passed. Um, he said that uh, whatever you're doing at the time, be the best at it. He said, so he's like, if I was eating sushi, I was the best at eating sushi. You know what I'm saying? Playing basketball was the best at playing basketball. And I was playing, you know, uh, dress up or whatever, whatever. I mean, I don't remember the direct quote, but essentially what he's saying is I'm just trying to make it like, he was saying whatever he was doing in the moment, he was trying to do the very best because he knew that each moment would just present itself a new challenge. And that's how I, I, the day that Kobe passed away, and we've talked about this before, it changed my life forever. And that's what sparked this whole resurgence for Marshall that day. Because mm. I looked at it, I was like, fucking A, man. Like, it's true. But like, you know, you don't, these, these people, they didn't, nobody knew them. Kobe Bryant, when he came out of the league, he was in high school. Nobody did that back then. Like not really anybody. And he wasn't he still, wasn't he saying that uh, he's going to be the best? Like even yeah. when he was right there and 100%. people were like, okay, bro. Like he, he was, he was, um, he was, uh, and he was not, he didn't fit in because back in the, like they said, the league used to be an old league, like young guys that were under 21, he can't even go out legally. Like there was none of those people in the league. And so Kobe was exiled. And so there he is showing up saying he's going to do all this shit, tear everybody up. But at the same time, after he got schooled by Mike, he asked him how he did it. And then, hey, Mike comes over and says, hey, if you need anything, let me know. And now Kobe Bryant told us just uh, in the Last Dance documentary on ESPN um, that it, there's no, you can't, you can't 
you can't say, you know, you can't compare me to Jordan because everything I've done is Jordan. Everything I've got, everything I am, I got from him because I called him. I learned everything. I learned my game from him. I'm an extension of him. You have the arguably the number one basketball player of all time, Kobe Bryant, conceding the GOAT status to Jordan because he's like, yo, like he taught me everything I know. But on the other token, you hear Kobe talking about he's the greatest of all time. You can't stop him. Now, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's fucking tough because they're both really great. But the point being is that, um, you know, you have the most successful athletes in the world telling you the same thing. They wake up every morning. They tell themselves they're going to be the greatest. And then they go out and they invest time, money, and or energy into the greatest coaches. I mean, LeBron James talked about fucking spends over almost a million and a half dollars a year on self-care. Massages, mm, I saw that. Yep. Chambers, um, all these things, meditation. And so dude, we're to that when we go again, back to it, when you get a schedule and you, it gives you, and you, and you have a belief in yourself and then you go out and you find the mentors or coaches or the groups, gangs that can help you get there. All you have to do is just make your schedule and show up every day and just follow the plan that you set out. And it's like, 100%. Oh, that's it's like how yeah. you talked about, um, before it's how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I've been reflecting on that quite a bit recently. And it's like, I've, I've, I've watched myself go in and out of product productivity and being right. productive for that reason. Exactly. It's like, right. Oh, I'm killing it over here, but I'm slacking over here. So right. then it brings me down over here and it's right. like all but over. Then we, so then we just wake up and we go, oh, I'll just pour more into that, into that one thing I'm good at instead of like dealing with the shit that's yeah, happening. Wow. Yep. And just avoidance and escapism. It's not right or wrong. Just right. But that's, and that's just exactly. I, I don't, I'm not judging myself. I'm not pressuring myself any longer about that situation. I just understand. And I'm reflecting and noticing, like I've been doing, it's the same cycle. The, even within this last 10 months, like, yeah, I've grown and I am way ahead of where I was, but I'm still in the same cycle of like right. not getting it all together right. and having it well, flow. Okay. So it's like coaching like one oh one, like since we're just over here, right? Like part of the 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 framing around those the way that you keep speaking about the way that you're about that you're gonna take action. And so not like in a dickhead way, but it's like I used to say it all the time, I'm gonna get a little, I'm gonna get safe and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna do this. Or like I don't have the money so I can't do that. Um, that's like saying as soon as I get six pack, I'm gonna start working out and eating right. Like, dude, mm. listen, look, you don't understand, bro. I'm going to work my ass off. Okay. But right now, like, look at this mess. Like it's not, I'm not going to be going out to the beach right now, right now with this mess anyways. So as soon as I do look better though, then I'm going to like, then I'm going to start my diet and then I'm going to start working out like every day hardcore. But like, you know, like there's just no point right now. Cause it's not, I'm not there yet. And so when people say that, like, oh dude, I'm going to invest as soon as I get a little money. Like if I get somebody on the phone, I, I don't sell people. So if somebody's on the phone with me and they're like, yeah, as soon as I get money, a lot of people, Grant Cardone's, Ryan Stubman's, and there's, yeah, you can close people. And I know that you should overcome and all the things and selling is serving. I do hundred percent believe in all that. But when somebody tells me that I don't want to work with them because I don't want to be in charge of having to build that habit. Like the people that invest with the things I've done at this point, and this is a lesson to all coaches and consultants, right? Like you want to find people that are like, okay, I'm ready. They should be scared because it's scary, but it's like, dude, why would you invest in coaching that you can afford? Why would you, uh, why would you, uh, only eat foods that keep you the same body weight? Why would you do mm -hmm. the same cash producing activities that don't bring you the money? Like just change it, adapt it. But, um, it's easier said than done. Right. And, um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, that's, it's funny. We're not funny, but 
it's great that we're talking about this right now because as you know, um, and now the Gillen gang can be aware of, um, the energy exchange that I have given you to get coaching um, has ran out, so to speak. And I'm at the point now where it's time to, um, I wouldn't say that. well, not like that, but you know yeah. what I mean? It's time for me. It, this is my moment to invest in um, how we talked about like yeah. a, a year of coaching. Yeah. Um, and I'm right in that area. It's like, okay, now I have to decide, do I pay for coaching that I quote unquote can't afford at this moment? Um, or like, what do I do? And yeah. I've decided that, I mean, we just briefly talked about this, but like I, I, am now going to be working on figuring out where to get the credit from or, or however to do it because I'm at that point. Like I know that I need it, so to speak. I don't like the word need, but um, I know how powerful and how, uh, how much it's going to catapult me and collapse time. Like we talked yeah. about to where I don't keep on this vicious cycle of just like never getting shit started and never getting it done and never believing in myself. Right. And it's a half-assed believing in myself because I, like I know, that I believe in myself, but I, but I don't ever continue with what I start, so right. to speak. So up until now, I, I up until I, now, I have not, I haven't carried out yes, action, now yes thank you. Thank you. We'll do right. la- Thank you for the live right? coaching. <laughs> um, and so this is really cool. And I'm really cool of you to uh, say that I'm, I'm online, uh, uh, live too, you know, on our show um, for a lot of reasons. One, it's like the ego, right? <clears throat> a lot of people are like, Oh, he's going to say that. Like, Oh, well now that, he, that he's bound down to Marshall or, like that's what the ego, oh, no. is, right? Yeah. But it's cool that we can have this conversation because we know that that's not true and it's not like that. And I, I think that's so powerful for you to come out and reflect that to the Gillen Gang, dude, to the Kyle crew, right? That uh, <laughs> that you that this is the kind of, because that's what I've learned from my mentors. I mean, uh, you know, you guys saw Cole giving me that award uh, that I won in 2018, and it's like, um, if I look at those guys, they're all making million, multiple millions of dollars. They all have their own events. They all have their own movements. They're all doing their own thing, um, but they all invest in each other. Because they, they all know they need help. And so like Les Brown's investing in Cole Hatter to look, teach how to sell from stage, right? You have fucking Eric Thomas, the number one motivational speaker ever, investing in Cole to learn how to um, uh, create sales systems like Cole does online. Like you have uh, a Cole investing in Lewis House to, to learn how to connect with his audience. You have mm-hmm. Sonia investing in Lisa uh, Bilyeu. And you have Lisa Bilyeu investing and fucking, uh, you know, uh, uh, Lisa for, um, Priscilla, what's her name? I can't remember her first name. Um, Marshall, that's terrible. Uh, anyways, that's what happens. And so I know in the beginning I was like, well, I asked Cole this like literally two years ago and this is like the Kobe thing, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to be the greatest, but I also want to learn from the greatest. So Cole, tell me what's up. And for me, Cole Hatter is like probably the best salesman from stage I've ever seen. And, um, direct salesperson. And, um, um, indirect sales is me, top eight speaker. There's nobody that does it better than me. Cause I, I make people want to come back long-term and fall in love with, with me because I'm just so lovable. And so are you. And that's why people <laughs> want us and love us. So if you guys haven't subscribed yet or left us a review, make sure you do that. Yes, please. Um, so anyway, so it's like, uh, we're going to go to commercial break here real quick before we finish up the last half of the show. But, uh, it's just, it's such a cool time to look at everything that's available to us for us to be able to look at, like, how do we use these platforms? How do we uh, further ourselves. Well, this is what I want to do, but I'm not sure how to do it. Okay. Well, I know how to do it, but I keep giving up on myself. I don't believe in myself. I just won't, I don't take action. Cool. So that's why the Tom Brady's, the Conor McGregor's, the freaking Lisa Lobos. Dude, is that how old I am? Is that how old I am? Damn it. She was like, damn it. I'm old. God, Dating yourself, huh? Old. Who's, who's new? Who are the kids talking about? 
Holtzclaw? No, she's old now too. Come on, bro, help me. Okay. Mm, I don't. I don't even know, honestly, you some of the the younger crowd. You have a problem with sexism because Marshall can't name any female athletes that are young. I'm a sexist. Mm, that's that's. I wouldn't call it that, but, but I have that. I seem to have that. Essentially, I'm terrible I have that, person. I have that same problem though. I was trying to uh, when I no. when I share names in the epigenetics world and and some of the stuff I was studying. It's hard for me to find. Not hard for me. I've, up until now, I've noticed. Uh, that I haven't seen any um, very many females, or right. I haven't learned from very many uh, females uh, teaching those topics. So I, I'm going to invite myself to to expand my I love it um, research into some more female type perspectives. I have to do that too. Uh, but back to what I was saying about what was I saying about Cole is that I just I ask him how to do things, just like the most successful people do. And so for you to be able to come out and be like, "Yo, bro, like I want to invest in coaching with you. I got to figure out how I'm going to get the money. I'm going to look where I'm going to borrow it from now." You guys know that what I took a chance on was in 2017 when I made that investment to my first mastermind to get into that 100-person top-level mastermind, $20,000 for the year. I only had like, like $1,700 in my account, um, and I had just got my ads account banned um, on Facebook, and I was running a digital marketing agency, and so I was kind of up shit creek without a paddle, and I really didn't know what I was going to do next. So it was like my last $1,700, um, I was dating a winch of a woman, um, not because she wanted to be, but just because she was just a terrible, sad person. And I'm praying for her every day. At the time, yeah. And, yeah. And I think that sometimes that I use the Marshall Gillen Show to validate my feelings. And um, you know what? Mimi doesn't like it. Don't listen. But I have the microphone. So you'll listen to every damn word I have to say. <laughs> Hashtag callback. <laughs> hey, you got oh, to show to know the inside jokes. You know, BDE, bro. We're coming BDE. every single day. Every episode. Friday. 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. You guys can follow us live on youtube.com forward slash Marshall Gillen, or you can bebop over to facebook.com forward slash Marshall Gillen, and you can see the same thing. Um, but exclusive content over here on YouTube, big fans of both places. Uh, we talk about a lot. We've covered a lot in this episode today, dude. Uh, and I just think that right now the space that we're moving into is like we're just trying to help people. And for you to recognize, oh, bro, uh, can I invest? Should I invest in you? How am I going to make feel about that? No, I already know that I'm equals with Marshall. He just knows the unique skill set that I want to learn. Like Les right. Brown and it's Eric like, Thomas are number one. They still invest in coal. That one day, yeah, I, um, we had that conversation, and I was like, bro, I was like, I'm an e I'm equal to you. Like I see it, and I was yeah. like, I and I after I reflect back that, and I I even mentioned it to you one day. I was like, wait a minute, like yeah, we're all equals as beings. However, in this reality, there are people that have done way more work, put in way more time, put in way more effort uh, that you should be and can be learning from. Um, and yeah. that's where I got to. It's like, yeah, I, I understand that I'm unequal to everybody. I just also understand that Marshall Gillen has put in. A unique any, uh, yes. And uh, yeah. And your unique experience. And that's the thing, too, is like you can. That's why I relate to you well, so much just because of our experiences are similar. And I and I understand that there could there's coaches that are better and worse than every single person. But it's just like I, I haven't met a coach that's as vulnerable as you um, constantly showing up. I mean, for how many years now, like not ever afraid to speak his mind, like things right. like this. And those are the things that I personally want. So I'm going to make it work. Yeah. I'm going to make yeah. it happen. And that's the thing. It's like people go, well, you're going to borrow. You're going to, you're going to go into debt for that. It's like, you got to understand how, how wealthy people invest you guys. Like you, the people that own the strip malls or the restaurants you eat at, they didn't go and buy those properties outright, man. They used OPM. It's called other right. people's money. Leverage. It's 
leverage. And what you understand is that, okay, well, I'm going to borrow this amount, but I'm going to make, what's the ROI on that over the term of the, uh, the life of what I, what is the business I'm doing? And so it's like, cool. Let's say that Kyle makes a $50,000 investment uh, or a $10,000 investment or a $500 investment in me to learn information, which I know, which is how to get paid to speak, how to, how to do NLP, how to digital marketing, like light. What I, what I coach is lifestyle coaching, lifestyle coaching, you guys. It's, it's how do you combine business and spirituality and health and fitness and productivity, um, like everything. How do you build the ideal lifestyle for you? And that's what we're, we work on. And so, you know, he's like, this is what I need help with. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm really fucking good at that. I'm not, I can't teach how to be a better parent. Like, well, I mean, I probably can because I understand that. Well, it, it directly correlates how you do yeah. one thing, how you do everything. hundred so. percent. So I, I mean, but you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I just think it's cool. It's like, um. I think, I think it's cool. I mean, uh, Tom Brady, how many coaches do they have? And so for you to be able to come out and say that, to admit that. But at the same time, I once heard a unique quote. It's like, uh, how do you charge friends or how, should you charge friends, right? Uh, and the quote was, um, friends would never ask for free out of respect and successful, person, successful people would never ask for free out of understanding. Because mm -hmm. like successful people have been there. So you don't see success, like successful people, they just, they just trade money because it's just a shortcut. Instead of the time and energy, it's like, bro, here's the, how much money? This much money, okay? Because money is energy, and so smart and wealthy people they create leverage in their business and systems to cash flow income, and then because they have that excess energy, it allows them the ability to go, oh yeah, here you go, here you go, just give me the information, give me the like. It's funny, like you know, I mean, convenience. It's just convenience. Conven yeah, that's exactly what it oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's cool though because that's how it works. And so you know, it's like, oh well, a successful person would never ask you to do anything for free because they know they understand. And a friend would never ask for free because they're probably going through something too. They're building a business. And it's like what you put out is what you get back. That's why investing time, money, and or energy is so important. I know that we're not the number one show in the world right now uh, visibly. I believe in my heart without a shadow of a doubt that if people were to watch this show today, like if they streamed this from the White House channel, you know how much fucking do – you, do you know how much space we would create? For, mm. for america if they saw this show today if they just listened to what we just what we've laid down it would if a million people saw this bro we would go i mean it would it'd be a powder keg but we just don't have the views yet and i'm not i'm not upset about that so right now i'm investing the money all the money i make instead of investing in my next coach which will be the next step or my next master which is the next step right now all the revenue i'm like i'm dumping in to ad spend because I, I know that the more views we get, the more people we'll see. So I fucking work my ass off all day, not to pay myself. I'm not going on trips. I'm fucking living in the spare bedroom in my mom's house. Not because I don't, not because I, I have to, but because I choose to believe and take, it, to take uh, a chance on myself. I know that people could look at me and go, that bro, that dude's fucking broke. He ain't got shit going on. Like he's just, okay, okay. Well, I've been showing you all for four years. I've been traveling the world for four years. And I did all the things that I thought were going to make me happy for, for four years. And they didn't because it was mm -hmm. never about the money. And so, like, dude, I'm like, if people could see this, we're going to fucking save a billion lives. Like, it's not, I know, but you have to be willing to invest the time and energy, not just the money. Okay. So the money goes into ad spend. Now the time and energy, which is I have to show up every day. And then I have to accept that I'm a loud and dominating personality. And then I have to have the courage to go out and ask somebody that I know, love, and trust and respect if they want to share that space with me and try to share that energy, try to wrangle that in. Like it's very limiting to me because I'm going, oh my God, like that makes me such an asshole. I don't want to hurt this. Like, or, oh my God, are the people going to watch? Or, oh my God, that we're not getting the, like, there's so many things. It's all <laughs> parallels. And so for you to come out and say that, um, I think just make space. But that's what's made me successful. I take my money and I invest it. Even when I'm like, oh, we need to play it safe. 
bro, there's a lot of things I should be doing right now instead of spending like a thousand dollars every two weeks, like on ads. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? A lot of things I should yeah, be yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. I, money. I but, was thinking the same thing about, um, well, we can go to break and talk after if yeah, you'd like. Let's or, go to break real quick. We'll come okay. back and finish this conversation up. I want to ask you something. We went to space, and I don't mean on vitamins. Although I did <laughs> that, I think Kyle's out. But uh, we went to space. I want to uh, briefly dive into that and uh, uh, just finish, finish up uh, around uh, media and what's going on and, and how they pick and choose the narratives. Uh, Gil and gang, we have had one hell of a show. Give this to share. Give us a like. Give us a love. Kyle, uh, we're going to take a quick uh, three-minute break, and I will see you on the old flippity-flip flippity flop or whatever you want to say before this commercial drops. I'll see you yeah. all soon. Just here in the MCM casino <laughs> here in Las Vegas, got chills running down my arm. I wanted to share a message real quick because this is where I was at uh, the Las Vegas shooting and literally it was right here uh, and I was watching these TVs live when uh, at the time they thought that there was four active shooters within like a hundred yards of this building. And i never forget that night, somebody was just over here. Uh, like we just started watching on the TV here and from the back of the casino, right over here, somebody's, oh my God, run. Uh, and in that moment, I was with Shannon. It was like the scariest night of my, scariest moment of my life. Cause at the time we didn't know. Uh, we thought that somebody was coming in and this entire area was completely flooded full of people and what happened is a stampede started it was this table right here it was this table that uh uh we fell under um when we thought he was coming it, it uh shannon got shannon got pushed down right here and i had to pick her up the floor and what i did is pull us up under uh, this table right here and uh after i cleared the way we ended up just running down this hall and uh, out of out of back access door but I didn't realize that we were walking into the MGM right now. We just kind of stumbled here, and I just got this eerie feeling. I was like, I got to pull up my phone and make a message. And I just wanted to remind you guys that things in life can change and happen so quickly. And at that night, it was literally that we had just celebrated probably the best weekend of our life ever. And that night, we just went out for dinner. We didn't expect anything to happen. We didn't, it's just a normal day. And what I want you guys to remember is that life can change so quick. And I don't want you guys to waste a single minute, not a single day, nothing. I don't want you guys to waste one minute doubting yourself, questioning yourself, and waiting to take action on your dreams. Because I, that night that that happened, and right here in this very spot I'm standing now, I thought that everything I had come so hard to work for was coming. And, and it was the most surreal feeling I have ever felt in my life. And I don't, I, I definitely don't say, I won't say I felt regret, but there definitely was a lack of something in my life when I thought that I was literally waiting right under this table, right under this table. I was waiting right here. I was looking at that exact staircase, waiting for a gunman to come around the corner. And I thought that was it. So um, I'm not trying to make you guys feel bad for me. I don't want to pat on the back to share the story, to spread the message to say to you guys, don't waste one day. Don't waste one minute. Don't waste an hour. You guys never know when it's all going to come to an end. Let's go share our stories. Let's empower people. Let's get vulnerable. Let's save some lives. Take action today on your dreams. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow.
Yo, you guys, welcome back to the last part of the Marshall Gillen Show. It is uh, Monday, June 1st. We have hit uh, quite the episode. We're uh, winding up here, dude. So I, 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 um, I just got done showing on a commercial break a video of, of me walking through the MGM studio, uh, remembering uh, the night of the Las Vegas shooting. Because I, mm. I, I tell you, I was telling the story, and it's interesting, this energy. I didn't pick that on purpose. It just happens to be that we were talking about investing in that mastermind, making that $20,000 investment. Um, it was the scariest thing we'd ever done. And then later at the, at the end of that event, uh, my, at the time, girlfriend and I went out to Vegas to celebrate on the Strip. Uh, she'd been to Vegas, big fan of Vegas, but I'd never been to Vegas. She's like, you've never been to Vegas? I'm like, I'd never been to Vegas. It's 2017. And so um, we're walking out. We were staying at the Hard Rock Hotel, which is just a couple blocks off the Strip. And we decided to walk there. So we, we spill out of the hotel and we hit the street row and I didn't know anything about energy, nothing. I was not, I didn't know jack shit about nothing like that. And um, I walk out and I just remember, bro, I looked at her and I, uh, this is just to start tonight. And I was like, shivers went down my spine. And I looked across the street and just saw this like kind of homeless guy. And I did something about the night. I go, something doesn't feel right tonight. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, do you feel that? I said, like, I just got the eeriest chills. And she's like, no, I don't, you know. And so we went into our night. Um, had a restaurant at um, whatever the Paris, France, fucking Eiffel Tower, uh, whatever that fucking casino is. I don't know Vegas that well. I don't well. know it either. I haven't been to Vegas. Um, you know what? Vegas is awesome when you have money. So I shouldn't talk shit about Vegas. I guess I always used to hate on Vegas because I never had any money. But mm -hmm. when you have money to fucking like, experience Vegas, Vegas is actually pretty tight. But uh, I'm not a big gambler. Anyways, um, so we hit up Vegas. We fucking go to the uh, the uh, the restaurant, the French restaurant. It's dude. It's it was so bomb. Um, after that, we spill out of there. Uh, we go over to New York, New York. She's taking me through all of it, showing it to me. It's about 9.30. Uh, we spill out of New York, New York, and we're on the overpass, and we look down, and there's a fucking people standing all over the place. And um, there's a hot, there's an ambulance in the intersection, and there's a dead body laying in the middle of the intersection. And we're like, what the fuck? And so we're like, we don't know. And so we walk down and we cross over the bridge that crosses back over the strips and we're getting ready to go into the MGM. And there's people just like up against the fence on the, on the bridge, just looking down. Everybody's like looking at this. So we go into the MGM and we walk in and it's, it's just after 10, I think. And um, everybody's just like standing. There's, the casino is full, but nobody's saying a fucking word. And everybody looks like somebody just shot their dog in the head. Phones are plugged in. People are crying, weeping. They're, they're all uh, together. And me and my girlfriend at the time were like, what the fuck is going on? The energy was so heavy and so like weird. It was like, oh my God, what is going on? And so we go down the escalator and same thing. Go to the next, the next level. Everybody's just quiet. And it's fucking like, it's eerie, bro. The energy is just like, oh my, what the fuck? And I just looked at her. I said, babe, I said, we got to get out of here. I said, please, can we just get out of here? I don't, something doesn't feel right. And so she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And so we started darting out the door. And um, at the last second, what we saw is like uh, the sports betting area where all the TVs were at. That's where the video was just shot. And I noticed that it was streaming live. And there was tons of people gathered. I said, wait, hey, I said, hey, hey, come back, come back real quick. Let's, let's see this. And she was standing towards the back. And I kind of like, get to the front so I could see the TVs because it was live streaming from Vegas at the time. This is what's going on. At that moment, they were live streaming saying, okay, this just in. There's four active shooters in the area right now. Uh, they've opened fire with assault rifles uh, on the people of the concert over there. Uh, we, don't, we, we don't know what's going on. Please take cover. Please barricade. You're like they're streaming live. This is it. We're standing in the hotel while this is happening in the MGM. It's tons of people. The, the love of my life at the time, the woman that I loved, I, I was protecting, the one that fucking doubted me and didn't support me, like, 
I loved her so much. She's standing in the back of the fucking, in the back the, there. And all of a sudden, I'm like, we got to fucking kind of get out of here. And I start to turn around and make my way through the fucking crowd. And from all the way in the back, there's silence. We just walk through like the walk through fucking dead. Like, and all of a sudden, we hear like blood, somebody screams bloody murder. Oh my God, run! And the place goes fucking apeshit, frantic. 500, 750,000 people, I don't know, just stampeding out the exits. I know she's back there in high heels in the dress, so I'm running back towards her because I know she's about to get trampled. She gets knocked down an instant. She's not real big, and she's literally getting trampled. I mean, she got all fucking cut up and bruised and gashed. I dive onto the fucking ground, and I pull her like, I pull her up under that fucking table and I'm like, I'm scared as fuck, dude. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to do next. And so I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, breathe, breathe. I'm like, assess, assess, assess. I'm looking at the situation. And, um, uh, I look at that fucking staircase that I just showed in the video and I'll never forget that moment. I realized I was under that table, but I was clearly in the fucking open, wide open. And I just remembered at any second. I'm going to watch an armed gunman with a, with an automatic rifle walk around that corner and they're going to open fire. And this is how I die. Like, that's literally what I thought. I'd never thought I was going to die. And at the next second, this guy jumps in he goes, give me your hand. You guys give me your hand. And I'm like, get the fuck out of the way. Get the fuck out of the way. I can't see. I can't see. And finally I just like fucking bent down. I picked her up in my fucking arms and I just started running and I'm pretty fast. And I started running out the fucking door and I'm bowling through people and I'm, I'm just fucking running. We bust out through this back access door. If you've ever been to Vegas, there's a strip here and then there's all the casinos and buildings and there's another street. I don't know what the street is over here, but in between there, there's an alley, but there's no access from any of those roads to the alley because it's not, they have to be access to be open to get into it. Otherwise people would fucking be back there. And so there's hundreds of people that are spilling out into this alley, this back access alley with no way out. And so all I can think is there's four active gunmen and we're all like fucking fishing us in a bowl right here. They just shot a whole bunch of people in one area with automatic rifles from above. That's what I'm thinking this whole time. And so for the next like 35 minutes, I'm navigating like through people and through all these things, just waiting at any moment for a gunman to come through. And um, we bust through the fucking, uh, I, I had to fucking throw, we got over a fence. We ended up getting an Uber. Um, and we ended up going back to the Hard Rock Hotel. And now all the hotels at this point had triage centers set up in them because there was this big concert and somebody was in the uh, uh, the gold one. Mandalay Bay busted out a window and started opening up fire with automatic rifle into a group of people that are at a concert. And um, we got to the triage center and there's girls that were there uh, that were at the concert. They, their best friends were killed. Um, uh, they were trying to take an Uber some guy or some guy holding his dead girlfriend being like, yo, we, we need this. It was a really tragic time. And so it was interesting because it was like the best day, best weekend of my life, just made the biggest investment ever. And then all of a sudden what, what Shannon and I weren't even, oh, damn it. I've done all this time without saying her name. Um, with um, my ex-girlfriend and I at the time had, uh, we were scared and we, we were, our life just changed like that. We were trying to have a good time and we didn't ask to be involved in that. Now, again, thank God. There, well, I don't know how the other dead body ended up there because Stan, uh, people said that somebody else was ran through and shot that person in the middle of the thing, but they've re only released that there's only one shooter. I don't know if that's true or not because there was multiple mm. things going on in Vegas that night. I don't know. But um, it was really, really tragic. And so it's just like, you know, I just that one experience for me, I think what it would be like to be in a riot and 
one, I'm proud to say that when 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 I thought I was going to die, I was willing to lay my life on the line to save my lady. What's up? Um, uh, but um, what's up? Yeah, but uh, right. But uh, it's just like a call to action to remember, guys. Like, you know what? I know that we're all building this business and we're making investments and we want to save the world, just like I had, just like she had, uh, 2017 when we went to that event in September. On September 1st, on that Sunday, man, like we just went out for a nice little night. Uh, we were with good people. And um, it all changed in an instant. I, I was friends with, uh, I worked with a guy. It turns out I, was, I worked at the time at the bar with a guy um, who was at the concert. And he said he was in the front row and he watched people just get mowed down. I'm like, I can't even imagine it would be like this. I mean, imagine being at a concert and you just, wow. you're looking around, you're, I mean, nobody knows what's coming from. You just feel getting laid out. I mean, the girls that were in there um, were so, this girl was, her, her, the inside of her legs and the inside of her whole body. I mean, bro, she had gashes in her legs like there was gnarly looking it was like what the fuck and she was just so calm and uh when she was sitting there in the triage the hard rock she was super like chill and normal and we're like are you fucking okay and she's like no i'm just really worried about my friend because her friend's boyfriend had got shot in the head while they were running like they're oh running away. and like people they knew and so she she was in such shock because she had to throw herself over a chain, like a temporary chain link fence that wasn't, didn't have like a top to it, just those edges. And so they're all gashed up, but she didn't feel because she was uh, such shock. And so it's really easy for all of us today to sit here and to judge what we would or we wouldn't do in a situation when there's guns, when there's riots. I want to show you guys one last thing. Again, this might trigger somebody, okay? This might trigger some people, but I think it's important that we show this last video because you don't know what you're going to be faced with. And you're gonna have an, uh, you're gonna have a choice on how you react, and what you guys react, how you guys react, maybe the difference of what saves your life. Now, this is graphic, and if you can't take that, you guys, please turn away. Um, this lady ends up uh, being okay, and from a different perspective, her husband is yelling uh, here in the doorway. You can't see him or have any sound, but uh, so what would be her left in this video? Her husband is standing there with a board, and that's who they're swinging at. They're trying to bust windows open. And they're swinging at the husband. And the wife is unfortunately doing what women do would get to get guys in a lot of fights is they stand up like a man won't hit a woman, but a lot of those men um, are not afraid to hit a woman when they're acting psycho. Um, and not that this, she was right or wrong. I mean, fucking goddamn, she's a she's an American hero. She bravely stood ground as an entrepreneur for what she believed in. And she sacrificed mm -hmm. more than what most people would in a belief in her right to not choose to be part of this. And these guys took that right from her. And then they beat the shit out of her. So what? turn your eyes, you can't watch this, but this is what's happening. This is what's happening right now. And you guys have a choice to how to use your platforms. You don't know how you would react in this situation. It's easy as to play what we call in the sports world, armchair quarterbacks, Monday morning quarterbacks, where we, oh yeah, well, I would do this and I would do that. Oh, president just went to the bunker. He's a pussy. Oh, is he? Really? What would you do if you thought the gunmen were coming around the corner to fucking kill you? Okay. Hmm. What would you do? What would you do in a situation if you're if you were the husband and there was four or five grown ass men trying to kill you, and and your wife's getting beat? Like, what do you do? You don't know if you put in that situation. They're throwing that at their husband is still in the doorway. He's got a board two by four as well. And then boom. Oh my gosh. 
Now he's trying to fight off sick. He's saying, get it. He's saying, leave my wife alone. He's screaming at the top of his lungs, leave my wife alone. They're beating oh her. There's God. a guy that's just fucking stand. Oh my God. There, there's another that's guy. There's another guy. I got to quit. I shut that off now. There's another guy from another angle that's just standing there with a fucking board. Now, who's to say what's right or wrong? Should you have jumped in? There was, still would have been two. It still would have been two on five, three on five. Um, so, you know, it's not who's right or wrong. For me, it's hard to watch. I'm watching the other guy stand there that he's a big dude, big old white guy. He has a board in his hand. I'm like, bro, that woman's going to fucking shit beat out of her. Go help her. Mm. Uh, and again, not, that's not right or wrong. Who knows how you would react in that situation. And it's your right to save your life. It's your right to choose you. And you shouldn't feel selfish for that. Some people react different. I watch that and I go, how in the fuck? Could you not go? How in the fuck could you watch that woman get beat? Um, and the husband was doing what he could. He was boxed in. I mean, he had a two by four. He's kind of trying to get his way out. But it's like, if he goes out there, he dies. And so, again, inherently, when it comes, push comes to shove and you have to choose you or somebody else, it's hard not to choose yourself. Nobody can blame you for that. And so it's easy for us to sit here and judge what we see on social media or what the bullshit lamestream media and fake news gives us, programs us. What the, what the establishment wants you to believe. So we stay at ends because they want to keep us divided, divide and conquer. If you guys choose that narrative, that's cool. Like, and it's easy to say, but until you're put in those situations, you just don't know what you would do. You just don't know. And so remember that. We want to lead with compassion. We want to lead with love. We want to be that. We want to change the cycle. We want to break the stigma. We, we want to be those things, the change we want to see in the world. And so Gil and Gang, this is a call to action as it always is. I'm going to invite you guys to become part of the solution. You're like, well, how can I help? I'll tell you how you can help. You can start making content and sharing stories, sharing your experience. If you're scared, open up like Kyle just did. That was the best part of the entire show. He just opened up about what a real life experience that he had with his eight-year-old son and what he's feeling as a father, what he's feeling as an entrepreneur going forward, what he's feeling as a business owner. I mean, you guys, these are real life conversations. It doesn't have to be the Marshall Gillen show, although it should be because it's the number one show on the, on the, in the world, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but uh, you guys should be starting your own things. Our mission is to save a billion lives and save a billion lives with the power of storytelling and vulnerability. Now it's your turn. Like we don't know what's right or wrong, but we need to have these conversations. We need to be willing to have conversations about things that the lamestream media has made us feel as are conspiracy theorists or that are, are too out there, things that are taboo. Listen, talking about mental illness is not taboo. Talking about uh, hate crime is not taboo. Talking about the riots and the looting that's going on is not taboo. I know a lot of people have been going, well, protesting is this and you got to do that. Dude, that's, if you read what Dr. Martin Luther King actually said about this, like he, like everybody wants to talk about like, well, that's how you get it done and peaceful protesting and this and that. Listen, this is a direct quote from Dr. Martin Luther King. Violence never brings permanent peace. It solves no social problem. It merely creates new and more complicated ones. Violence is impractical because it is a descending spiral ending in destruction for all. It is immoral because it seeks to humiliate the opponent rather than winning his understanding. It seeks to annihilate rather than convert. Violence is immoral because it thrives on hatred rather than love. It destroys community and makes brotherhood impossible. It leaves society in monologue rather than dialogue. Violence ends up defeating itself. It creates bitterness in the survivors and brutality and the destroyers. End quote mm. from Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm. Now, I don't know what's much more powerful than that. Now, at the time, Dr. Martin Luther King was the most, one of the most hated people in America because the media portrayed him to be 
like corrupt to the system. Right. I've seen I've seen some stuff um, being talked about about this uh, from some of my um, friends list on Facebook, and I see people bringing up this quote in there. What I'm seeing from, um, I guess it would be like the Black Lives Matter side of things. They are explaining that we've they've tried to be peaceful about things for a while now, and that's why we're seeing this rage from a lot of people, and that's why we're seeing the protests. That's why we're seeing the riots, and I can see that side of things. But at the same time, in my personal opinion, I think literally this all comes back to what we talked about earlier with a controlled narrative. Um, it's not. I even read something about. Uh, I don't want to, you know, trigger anything, but I did read that uh, George Floyd and those officers potentially were paid actors, and that George Floyd is like put up somewhere and like was paid to do this, and that his mom died two years ago. So his mom did the, die two years ago. Yeah, as you said. Yeah. So and who who was so who was the lady in the video? And I'm like, that's interesting. Right. Like who, that could who, not who, interesting. Who, I'm not trying who, to make light of it, but who we were told the lady in the video was his mom, but it turns out his mom died two years before that. So it couldn't right. have been. The fact that George Floyd and uh, Derek Chauvin each did were doing pornography, uh, 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 acting together, like within the same uh, whatever company, right? Yeah. Um, they uh, they knew each other. They worked together at a security de- uh, for security detail for a Latin club. Um, and so, listen, maybe paid actors or not, but it's also not that crazy for for the far left, for the establishment to go find a cop who legitimately hates black people, who hates everything, who with a with a record of force to go, yo, bro, are you willing to forward the white race? Are you wow. willing to are you willing to sacrifice everything to be part to to finally take these down? And, you know, wow. I mean, it wouldn't be hard to find one person. Yeah, it's not at all. Do. You're gonna murder this fucker online. You're gonna run live, and what you're gonna do is behind a. You're gonna do it right next to the license plate. I want police to be framed on that license plate, like it's. I, it's. I want to say police, which we know subliminal programming because NLP. Mm. While you're while you're doing that, because it makes no rational sense. They're beating the shit out of him inside of the car for like three minutes before they even get him back out and do that. And then I saw something about the people. The uh, it wasn't even paramedics that picked the body up. It was like. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. They said it was like normal was clothes or no something like this. Yeah, there was yeah, no, yeah. There's no, there's no medical staff actually in the ambulance that picked them up. There's just like more officers. Um, there's videos oh, of yeah, there we go, uh, officers. Videos of, videos of protesters finding uh, pallets of bricks laying. I read that also. Sidewalks. I've seen the videos. It's like there's no construction going on. There's no nothing around. There's no reason for a pallet of just random bricks in the middle of wherever, in the middle of a downtown, be sitting there. But yet here they are. Okay. It's so, almost like the same thing I read. I read a, or learned about. They used to supposedly the government or whoever it was at the time used to leave like bags of drugs in neighborhoods yeah. to like to to disperse drugs into different yeah. communities and things yeah. like this. Dude, it's like a similar thing. It's it's all related in my 100%. opinion. Yeah, because I, we just saw that we just saw that graphic earlier where we talked about this is part of what they do. This is how they play us with these with these kinds of. Um, with these kinds of like uh, games, these kinds of gimmicks that make us not not realize what's going on, that not realize uh, we stay ignorant to it because we stay divided because of hate, because we don't learn how to deal with our own hate. And um, it's mm. just, it's, it's sad. You know, we have Evelyn here. She's saying the same thing. And she had an experience where she felt uh, she, where violence triggers her because she's been jumped. And mm. so we did it. But so, okay, right. So who validated to stomp out somebody that might be fucking with hers, right? But 
then okay, then we just perpetuate that. That energy is then transferred to all parties, right or wrong. Because at the end of the day, you're gonna fucking die no matter what. So who ma- doesn't matter who's right or wrong. We're all human beings, one love, one people. And mm-hmm. so it's like, that's what this whole mission is about. And so I just wanted to bring light to this today to, to invite people to say, yo, there's a lot of shit going on. And Kyle and I aren't saying that we know everything, but you know, Kyle 10 months ago had a gun to his head. I'm talking about a night that I thought I was gonna be mowed down by, uh, by an automatic weapon, semi-automatic weapon. Like we have mm-hmm. all kinds of things that we've been through. And we can, we can all validate our own feelings and hurt. But what I'm asking you is at the end of the day, do you really want to wake up mad? Do you want to go, do you want to go to bed angry? Do you want to be enraged all day? I know the answer is fucking no. So stop lying to yourself and invest your time, money, and or energy, energy into things that are going to help you change, help you manifest the reality that you want. Because we just earlier, we showed, we showed earlier today, I proved to you guys that perception is everything. Framing is everything. If I tell you, look at that big old black guy beating up that little helpless white guy. You go, oh man, that's not right. This is the problem with black people. Oh, really? Well, let me show you this. And then I can go, look, this is the problem with spoiled little fucking white kids who want to pro- propel things and they're acting out because everything's been given to them. So they now have no identity of self or, or earning. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a release. It's not right or wrong. And that's what I'm pointing. Mm-hmm. We all go up this big pissing contest and it's like, man, none of this helps. Look, even Jerry, big friend of the show, we have to get Jerry on soon. Uh, he's a friend uh, and he's, he's kind of shares our views too, Kyle. He says, we all need to open and follow our heart chakra to awaken and overcome this as a united front. Dude, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, this dude, like This is our kind of people. I'm telling you, bro. 100%. He's our kind of people. And so, Gillian Gang, I'm throwing it back to you guys. Okay? This is why we have this show to start these conversations. And now it's your turn. It's your turn to use your platforms for your conversations. Kyle, I wanted to get into space. But we're not going to. I think that we're doing good, though. I really feel like we're making... I feel like we're doing change because I genuinely, I genuinely feel, I'm not just talking shit, like I wholeheartedly believe that if we had a million views, that we would be making massive change with what we're talking about. I 100% agree with you. That's a fact at its finest. Like, um, I know some people that watch this might feel triggered, might feel whatever, might be like, who the fuck are you two? Uh, but I, gen- I mean, knowing you especially, like knowing the core being of Marshall Gillen, like, I know that all you care about is help. Not all you care about, but you genuinely care about helping as many people as possible. You genuinely care about humanity. Like, you're not coming from a, a spoiled fucking white kid side of things. Like, you're coming from, like, you understand a lot and you understand that there's a bigger picture to this. And while we still can show compassion for what's going on, even though we don't understand what it's like to grow up in a, a African-American community or a community that is suppressed by a controlled narrative, even though we don't understand like actually being in that, we still can see the compassion, have compassion for those people, but at the same time, try to lead 100%. and just be like, it's time for some a different kind of change. Like yeah. clearly protests and all this shit doesn't, well, like we've had protests yeah. before for other things. Like, oh, what, right. is, what has it done? Hate so, it, We've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to be willing to be the one that stands up. And, and I mean, it's hard. I mean, it really Jesus, is. Jesus has turned the other cheek. Mm. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And I, I have not personally seen any of the comments yet uh, because of where I'm at. Like, I don't want to trigger myself <laughs> knowing, like, if I see people talking shit about us. Nobody's um, talking shit Which is us. not. Oh, okay. Well, which it wouldn't be good or bad. Um, I did see, like, one of our videos when I went back to watch it had, like, six dislikes. And I was like, oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Uh, it must it was Wednesday or Thursday, I was think. Yeah, it had, yeah. Really? 
Yeah, it had like two likes and six dislikes. I was like, oh damn, okay. Which I'm not. I wasn't like six dislikes. I was oh, going back to the one about racism. Racism. I think it it might have been. Yeah. yeah. Headline readers, because if you mm. watch the video, it's not about that at all. So right. I'm not, exactly. I'm but, yeah, and and I I I hey, just understand it. Like, there's going to be both sides of it, and I'm yeah. not tripping about it. Like, I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep talking my point of view, and um. And if people oh. want to judge off of it, then that's well, I mean, that's whatever. We're, we're the dudes that are showing up every day and doing our job. And we're trying our best. And we never claim to be right. And so if you're literally going to try to tear us down for doing our best with the information that we present and then share openly and then go, hey, get back to us. If you're going to judge us and, and get rid of us for that, then like my friend, I'm, I pray for you. Because you, you have right. an awareness inside of you yet that if, you are, if you're fortunate enough to find, oh my God, you're going to be so much more happy. Because what I'm doing shouldn't trigger you. My hat shouldn't trigger you. Me talking about Trump shouldn't trigger you. Because what we're creating is so much bigger than that. I'm just using what's actually going on in this shared conscious, collective consciousness, this, this shared reality. I'm just going, hey, guys, this is the external uh, 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 signals that we're getting. And I've, I think a lot of you are interpreting these signals a lot of different ways. So I'm going to take the Marshall Gillen Show. And every day I want to share with you some of those signals that you guys are getting. I want to share some stories around those signals because I've been, I've been, I don't want to say fortunate, but I, Marshall Gillen personally have been, I have been racially profiled when I younger, when I am summertime and I looked like a dark ass Mexican, I've been racially profiled before numerous times. Like I know what it's like to have both parents divorced. I know what it's like uh, to be domestic, domestically abused. I know what it's like to be addicted. I know what it's like to pull yourself out. I know what it's like to attempt suicide. I know what it's like to be divorced. I know what it's mm. like to fucking drop out of school. I know what it's like to fucking get a full academic ride to school. I know what it's like to be captain of the football team. And I know what it's like to be homecoming king and, and, and all that shit. And so I'm just in a very unique spot. It doesn't make me better or worse than anybody. But all I'm saying is that, you guys, I didn't choose this life. Like, I didn't choose that. My mess is my message. And you guys, it's the same exact thing. The energy that I'm creating, the energy that Kyle's creating, it's not inherent just to us. Like, it's not just ours. We have this show every day. We show up where the guys that do their job every day because we want to share this energy because we talk about it. Your legacy, your name, that shit, it's going to die. 500 years tops, maybe 1,000 if you're lucky. Through Jesus Christ, 2,000 years. Okay, like, you see what I'm saying? It's the energy that you create moving forward and that's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to get out, Gillen Gang. And so remember, in times of rage, in times of triggers, we're everywhere. Please take a step back and ask yourself, are you adding to the solution or becoming part of the problem? Because right or wrong, the energy that you create at a molecular, at a cellular level, vibrates at a certain frequency. And whether you are right or wrong, if you are angry, you are only going to create more anger in your life. It's not a couple of fucking dummies who are just sitting up here telling you that. That's called physics, okay? Mm. That's what happens. Science, okay? And, and that's why... And that's why I, looking at it from that perspective, you see a group of people with anger, just <clears throat> even if it's a peaceful protest, if, if everybody's sitting there peacefully protesting, but in their head, they're saying, fuck you, fuck this, all that stuff, like that energy field is going to be what's carried out. So it's like, even if it's peaceful, peaceful protest, if it's a peaceful protest of a 2000 people that 90% of them are angry and hate their lives, like that energy is okay. not going to help in my okay. opinion. Hundred percent. You're absolutely right, and that's why I say, dude. I mean, even passive aggression, passive aggression is still aggression. Like, you know, it's just, it's not. It's we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to rise above it. It's not right. Even, this and this is. I've heard you talk about it before. Like, this is the choice. 
Yes, choice like the fourth dimensional reality. Right, where it's like, are you going to continue to vibrate? Sorry, are you going to continue to vibrate like in those on those lower level energies, or is it your time in your life to change it up? This is the great awakening, you guys. This is where the soul's energy. If you guys do the research, I have videos on this on the YouTube channel too. It's under spiritual awakening. Um, if you guys go check it out, what I talk about is in this fourth dimensional reality that we've got, like a lot of people thought the world was ending December 21st, 2012. Um, but what I believe is that the world shifted into fourth dimensional reality at that time. And so the Mayans were talking about the end of that reality because we're coming around this infinite, basically this infinite fucking loop that we do through evolution. It's like every 75,000 years, um, we're coming back around this other part, which mm. is another awakening. And so that's why we go back into stone ages and stuff. And then we, like, the consciousness is just going, ooh, it's breathing like a breath. This is what consciousness is doing until whenever it stops and we become whatever's next. And so and we're just in the middle of another cycle. And so the, we're at the point of an awakening where we're moving from a third dimensional reality where it's very like, oh, block, block, block. Oh, kill, stab. Oh, shoot, <laughs> boom, boom. Oh, sex. Like that's third dimensional. But we have to understand that the, that the consciousness, the soul needs that to experience all the things it can do. And so now is the time where where we go into a fourth dimensional reality where every being, every entity, every energy has a choice to choose, okay, the light, fourth, good fourth dimensional or bad fourth dimensional. And what happens if they choose evil, which is to live of ego, of destruction. We're talking like bad people. If you guys never re read the book, The Law of One, go check it out. It's very interesting. And so um, if, you, if they choose evil, then they skip fifth dimensional reality altogether. And they, they end up becoming part of the sixth dimensional reality where the frequency is so uh, vibrates so high that the, the energy can't exist as negative energy. And so it, it has to it has to eventually go into love, which that's that's how it ends. Like that's why nothing else matters but love. But in that fifth dimensional reality, what happens is we start to become a collective consciousness, like a um, like a um, social network, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so all the people that you know and have been around, what happens is we, we're all the same energy. We've all been doing this forever together. And so we start to become one thing. And so for example, if you guys uh, read the book, The Law of One, in that a couple of people channel an entity called Raw. I am Raw, R-A. And Raw is a social network of, of uh, Venus, of all the people of Venus. So what happened is it, there was people on Venus, it, uh, it, they died out eventually over millions of years. The planet died out, but that planet, all the wisdom and knowledge that was ever experienced on that planet became a social learning network, which is what the fifth dimensional reality becomes. And so everything that everybody's collectively learned is all one person's thing. And you understand the conscious awareness that, that um, uh, you are an entity, but you are kind of singular. It's, it's like an all knowing and awareness of everything. And you realize that nothing is more important than the law of one. And so those fifth dimensional beings, they can choose to come back and reincarnate as third dimensional beings. They can give up all that knowledge, go back through the veil of forgetfulness and re reincarnate here as third dimensional because they want to come back and make a difference. If you're listening to the show or you invest in what we do, then there's an excellent chance that you may be one of those types. Because I firmly believe that I, I firmly believe I've done this all before and I firmly believe that I came back to do this again. And I know that Kyle does if he's here with me. Yeah, I'm aligning with that. 100%. And so that's what happens. But eventually what's going to happen is now there's a great awakening. That's why I know uh, there's no way I could tell stories like I can. There's no way I could throw out a fucking gajillion lines like this and then at the end bring it all back together. Where you go, holy fucking shit. How did you do that? Like, this is just my gift, okay? 
And so I understand that this is my energy. This is Kyle's energy. And so that's this point. And so you guys have got to understand that this is yin and yang. This, you can't have one without the other. This is the beauty of life. This is the beauty of being alive is being able to experience these emotions and what's going on and choose going, okay, ooh, ooh, this level's hard. <laughs> this level's fucking, this level's fucking hard. Okay, okay. And then every time you get mad, it's like, nope, got to start over again. And you gamify the, the experience of life and you start to look for ways to wake up happy and to be happy and to go to bed happy. Not because you want to fucking be right, because you just want to be happy and you're mm. so God damn tired of being mad and upset. And so you're going, damn, how do I change it? Well, I'll tell you how you change it. You tune into the Marshall Gillen show with Kyle Dillinger every single day, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 and 30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Let's just go ahead and call it now. We're a two and a half hour show. <laughs> That's how long it takes us to do stuff to your ear holes, which we love doing to your ear holes and your eyeballs every single day. Uh, that we can. So I don't know why you came to the show, but we're really grateful you do. You talked about a lot today, bro. A lot. We do, we do that every day. <laughs> I love having you. I bro. love it though. Thank you so much. I love being on here. I love everything about it so far. Yeah. And, I, and I'll continue to love everything about it, good and bad. Yeah. It's cool. I think what's going to happen, you guys, is um, no, no bad. All good, bro. We're well, going to the moon, dude. We're, bro, you Ooh, can, okay. I'm telling you, stay hitched this wagon, man. I'm, I'm going to the top. Hundred. I mean, I have I have zero doubt about that. I and hey, I'm with you. I everything you say, and I get no resistance. Let's go. Um, and so what I think is going to happen is that eventually, I know that you've read and studied, and I have no disrespect for that. And I'm not telling you what to, what you should believe. Um, Kyle thinks that we're in a fifth dimensional reality right now. What my experience and my knowledge and how I feel about it is that we're going to be in a fourth dimensional reality for a few thousands of years, actually like 30,000 years, um, 27,000, 30,000 years. And over this time is now an opportunity where consciousness is going to, to evolve to a new level where we're going to have an opportunity to start to do things like meditate, like eat healthy, like starting to recall how to heal our bodies and how to tap into all the senses that we actually have through different things like Reiki. And so that's the next stretch of this next, this next womp is that, okay, now that we have this fourth dimensional awareness, good and evil will battle. This is the great awakening. Don't worry, the light wins. Like, I know you guys, it's really dark now. I promise you the light wins. Like, the light always wins. Like, darkness can't, like, imagine having a little, being in a dark cave and lighting a little tiny match. Would the light still shine in the darkness? Absolutely, no matter how little it is, and eventually the light wins. So don't worry about that. But this is what the fourth dimensional experience becomes. What's going to happen, I think, is that the collapse of technology is eventually going to come. We're going to have to become one with nature again, and collectively as a people, we will become one entity. We'll realize it is one, one love, one people before the, before the uh, earth dies. And all of that wisdom will then become one social network that is earth's entity. And so what you guys got to understand is that the, the universe is vibrating in octaves like music. And every octave, there just goes up. And so one, what happens is we start at one dimensional, two dimension, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And into that ninth dimension, we just become the next one dimension and the next octave. And it just continues like that in infinite. And so there's Earth is just one tiny little experiment in the infinite experiments of planets and galaxies and all kinds of things. And so for you to understand that and for us to understand, that's where I'm like one love, one people. Like there's going to come a time when all we're supposed to do is learn how to live life best that we can. And instead of going out and bitching about it and protesting, I've created solutions. I went out and found people to join my team, like Kyle, who I know is like the fucking next, like he's like, this is the dude. This is the dude to help start a movement. I create things like Top Paid Speaker to teach people how to 
make money for themselves while getting paid to fucking help people. Like it's genius. I created the Marshall Dillon show to give you guys a place to come every day for absolutely free to pour into. Like I'm not better or worse than anybody. I'm just saying these are the solutions I've created and you can too. Okay. These are the solutions that Kyle created through real estate, through coaching and consulting while being a father, while figuring it all out. Okay. You can too. That's what this is about. And um, bro, that's it for the show today, man. I, I hope people got some value out of this. I hope people can start to see that we're all this well, we're all in this together and how we all feels, how one of us feels, how, how we all feel. It's just different details and not one is right or wrong. We learned a lot about perspective today. And so I hope people got some value out of this. This was a great episode, but all of our episodes are great. Thank you. you. <laughs> um, I just want to say, I'll leave you with this. Um, if you don't already find some compassion for some of the, I mean, for the things going on, if, if you don't feel like you can do anything, what I've learned from my personal experience is just being alone at your house and praying for people and putting that energy out there, it will have an effect on the world. So if, if, if you don't do anything else, pray for uh, the earth to collectively heal and just the more people we have uh, collectively praying together on that or, or um, sending that energy, the, the better off we'll be. Dude, that's a, that is a fact, bro. And I just, man, this is why, this is why I'm aligned with you, man. This is why you're here to keep me grounded and reminding these things. You, you ground me more than anything, bro. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, prayer now the more than ever. Um, awareness now more than ever. Awareness of, I'm not telling you to choose that you have to not be angry. Like you have every right to be angry. Right. Just, uh, just acknowledge it. And, and like you talk about being the conscious yeah. observer of that anger and make yeah. sure it's not coming from like a rage internally uh, right. and, and, and go from there. Dude, this show was born out of anger. I was so mad after I realized what was going on with that, with the Trump thing, like we talked about earlier in the show. I was so mad when I really fully realized that the media wasn't giving the American people the right to all the information. I said, fuck that. I said, fuck mm. that shit. And I thought, <laughs> Marshall Dillon show. So said, I'll fucking show you. Bro, <laughs> well, thanks for being here, man. We're gonna end the show with this uh, last video. Um, it's crazy. I, I, I talk about entrepreneurship. Uh, this is in 2017. I'm traveling all by myself. I'm in the middle of Utah early in the morning. I had slept in my car. Um, I was mm -hmm. currently making money selling a course, uh, 2017. First time I ever did it. Wasn't sure what I was doing. I just was telling my story. Um, and I said, well, the cooler shit I do, uh, the more views I'll get. And so I just got out in my car. Um, I couldn't afford, uh, like a hotel room and stuff, but, um, I, uh, was just, uh, chilling. And uh, if there's anything I can end on, I just want you guys to see. This is only three years ago, and I took 2019 off. Which always makes me think of that Drake song where I'm like, took the summer off, and you still didn't like didn't do shit. Like, like took the summer off, so we couldn't tell. Yeah, I'm like, that's funny, yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I fucking gave y'all a chance. Yeah, I took the summer off, and you couldn't fucking even make it up, man. Mm -hmm. but, uh, anyways, um, uh, Gillen Gang, Kyle and I love you. Kyle Crew, growing a brand over here. Uh, you guys are going to watch us both uh, elevate our brands, elevate our lives. Uh, we're not better or different than you. Uh, we want you to join us. So you should tune into the show every single day. Uh, and if not, uh, you know, someday I'll have somebody break down this thing into segments because, dude, we need to be running segments these because it's fucking, it's fire. Mm -hmm. Hi, bro. 100% agree. Hey, I love you, brother. Hey, I'll, I'll see, see you later. later. Fellow entrepreneurs, I have a very real and honest question for you. Entrepreneurship. Does it feel a lot like this, right? Doesn't it feel a lot of times like when you're trying to solve a problem, when you have a big win, anytime you have any big news, any big problem, doesn't it feel like this is the amount of people standing around you ready to help, 
right? Entrepreneurship can be so frustrating, so lonely, so quiet, so unapologetic and completely thankless, right? Well, guys, I've got news for you. The sport of entrepreneurship, the process, the grind, that is the sport of entrepreneurship. And it starts with perspective. Because when I say, look at all these people out here, not able to help us. Well, the flip side to that is, you know what the best part about being an entrepreneur is? The freedom. The freedom to enjoy your life. The freedom to be in complete control of everything you do. Entrepreneurship is a perspective. If you look at things bleak, empty, and all alone, that's how you'll perceive it. And that's the mindset you set. But now if I look at the same landscape and I go, well, it's always darkest before the dawn. Look at the freedom I've achieved. Can you guys see the difference? How the same landscape in the same setting can mean two different things when you guys have two different mindsets? Stop whining about entrepreneurship being hard. It's supposed to be harder. Everybody would do it. I'm telling you, not everybody gets to hang out on a Tuesday in Moab, chilling, enjoying their life, making money, impacting the world, and all from one perspective, one mindset. Mindset is everything, guys. Who else is going to get theirs?